is a dangerous place to be When you're pissed off all the local boys And your back's against the sea The cops all know your number The bars all know your name After six straight months of drinking, boy You ain't never gonna be the same Well, I ain't seen the sunshine Since I can't remember when I may not know where I'm going But I sure know where I've been Episode 131. Well, good what a good day to you, wherever you are. <laughs> it's the afternoon now, technically. Yeah, but it depends when people are listening. They right. might not be listening in the afternoon. They might be listening in the morning. True, 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 true. Right? Good day. Good day to you. Good day to you. Welcome. Many blessings of the day. Blessings Heading of the day to you and yours. <laughs> Happy uh, Thanksgiving. Giving her. For everyone, uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, for our Canadian friends... Hope that uh, you had a good Thursday, like hope we talked about. <laughs> hope and Thursday was as good as it could be. Yeah. Welcome to episode 131 of Cowboy Ship with Ted and Wasey. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Wasey Anderson. As always, you can find us on all the social medias, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the TikToks, uh, Facebook, uh, MSN Messenger. You name it, you can find it. What else, what else do you got, Wasey? Uh, we got... Oh, I don't even know. LinkedIn. Tw- LinkedIn, Twitter, MySpace. TikTok, MySpace, Nexopia. Yeah, all that You stuff. name it, we yeah. got it. Uh, We're all over it. Plenty of, no, not plenty of fish <laughs> anymore. Nope. <laughs> but that's where you find us. Yeah, you find us on the... So we are, uh, we're on the road. This is another edition of our, of our roadcast. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, the latest, the latest time. We haven't done this for a while, so it's going to be, uh, it's good to be back in the truck recording a top and bottom of the show. Yeah, last time we did this, I think we're on the way back from, uh, on the way back from Saskatoon with our pal Brinson James. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, it was with him and there was somebody else in the truck, wasn't there? Or was it was just us three. It was just us three, man. It was a good, uh, it, was it was a fun show. It was show, a good though. one, good one for sure. So, anyways, <laughs> like we said, we're on the road <laughs> and we're uh, on our way. That time we were back, we're coming back from Saskatoon, going back to Calgary. This time we are. Right now we're headed south from Lethbridge on the way to Las Vegas for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Ooh, baby. Got a truckload of uh truckload of yeah, truckload of shit. <laughs> and we're southbound and down the uh Rocky Mountains are on our right side currently. Prairies on the left and uh <laughs> Good job, man. We're in what? We're in Corblund country. Yeah, we're just uh past his home in Lethbridge. I'm um, going to pick up some stuff for him, save him some shipping in Great Falls. Got a little detour to make when we get to Great Falls. But, uh, yeah, an hour and 22 minutes from the border. And, Waste, we've uh, got a proud new sponsor for this episode only. Oh, yeah. And we've been waiting for this. We've got to thank our friends Kyle Wilson as well as uh, Glenna Cole, Harley and uh, Jonathan Cole's mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's part of, of Range Fuel Jerky Co. as well as Tyler Thompson with the referral. Connecting us with the crew hey. and uh, getting all hooked up. He's their big. He's their big brand rep. That guy. Yeah. He rides for the brand. He's riding. For, he's he's uh, <laughs> eating the jerky for the brand. Eating the jerky for the brand. So I've been. Uh, I've seen this in my house for like since the CFR, and I haven't had any of it yet. Hell yeah! And we're gonna try it out. Yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a live taste test of the Range Fuel jerky. We got what do we got here? We got a couple sticks. We got a couple sticks. We got our, our the honey the honey garlic flavor. Yeah, made so with real honey. It's real honey. Uh, Everything's all natural ingredients. Grass fed beef, 
23 grams of protein per pack. So if you're out on yeah. the range or you're on the road and you need a snack, Range Fuel's got you covered. Kyle, uh, we had a little chat with Kyle Kyle Wilson here before we did the show, and he said yeah. uh, a number of things with the jerky. Just pack the whole Non-GMO. I'm going to eat the whole thing. Gluten-free. Did you wash your hands lately? No hormones or steroids. Pretty much any, everything you want in the beef. Man, so it's like it's like a pepper it's like a pepperoni stick, yeah. but it's called jerky. So I'm really, it's got a nice jerky smell. I've never smelled pepperoni like this before. Have you? So one bite, everybody knows the rules. Yeah, one bite. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. wow. Oh my god, this is so good. Wow. This is perfect timing because I'm getting around the time I need a snack. Yeah, I'm hungry. I wasn't quite hangry, but I was hungry. And with 23 grams of protein per pack. 24 grams of protein per pack. Yeah, 12 we grams. We ain't going to be hungry after this. I tell you what. So I'm a big fan of this. Nice work. Man, Our friends at Range Field Jerky, it's, it's, it's like, great. It's like it's uh, it's like it's jerky, but in stick form. Yeah, I like <laughs> it a lot. Wow. It's extremely dense. It's a uh, really nice taste, really nice smoke flavor. And there's only like a few ingredients in this stuff, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what does it say on the back ways? Ground beef. Sugars, curing salt, granulated garlic, sodium nitrate. So, but as simple as you can get on some beef jerky stuff. Dang. That's one thing. But other jerky brands that you can get, they're really packed full of sugars and shit you don't want. Yeah. But our friends at Range Fuel, they got it sorted out. And sweetened with real honey. Yeah, with honey being the sweetener. Hell yeah. Perfect. No, they did wow. it. Wow. Knocked it out of the park. Wow. So if you're looking for, uh, Kyle even told us right from his mouth. He, he has buddies who usually go out packing, hunting, or ranching for the day. They throw a couple range field sticks in the bag, and they're Dang. they're covered till at least past lunchtime. So that's awesome. <clears throat> if you're looking Holy. for a deadly snack, that was great, range man. Field. So we got like what do we got? We got three sticks left. I'm about to muck a whole stick. Yeah, I'm gonna get a whole stick in me here before the border. We gotta we gotta eat all our uh, Canadian contraband before we cross the border. Um, you can't eat <laughs> spitting jerky everywhere. Uh, <laughs> turns out it's hard to do a taste test on a podcast when mm. I'm trying to talk. It's so good. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So Range Fuel, Range Fuel Jerky at rangefueljerky.com. Check them out. You can order online if you're in Alberta. It's not federally inspected yet. That is on the uh, on the on the horizon. On the horizon, yeah. but it's made with 100% grass-fed Alberta beef, like Wacy said. Uh, grass-fed, no hormones or steroids. It's gluten-free, non-GMO. All natural, no artificial fillers or preservatives. Wow. And uh, you can get it in a number of stores too. Actually, yeah, if you're in Alberta, in the Calgary area, yeah, check them out. There, a lot of bunch of gas stations and retail locations, so you can find it or check them out online and order yourself some range fuel right to your door. Right to your door, you can get it ordered right in. Hell so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, like Cowboy Country in Nanton, Frontier Western Store in Claire's Home, uh, a couple of the gas stations around there are stocking it now in the stores as well. So they're working on expanding that network. And this shit's awesome. Dang, very good. So, hell yeah. That's uh, thank you to our friends from Rangefield Jerky for uh, for hooking Loving us up it. this show. Just getting us, keeping us going. This is getting us to America. It's getting us to America. So, like we said, uh, going to Vegas, booth seven twenty one at Stetson Country Christmas. We are, what are we doing? We're uh, on the way down. We're slinging it. Slinging some stuff. We're there. It's our maiden voyage on the trade show side. Yeah. Doing a booth at, at the NFR. So. Got some of our friends from the U.S. helping us out as well. Yeah, we got a, we got a whole crew. So <coughs> we're going to be there. 
We'll be bouncing around doing some other events and stuff too. So yeah, we're bringing our cutouts. If we you want to cutouts with us, so if you're if you're in the area and you want to come say hi to us, come check it out. Get yourself some cowboy shit merch before yeah before Christmas. Before Christmas, gonna be some hot deals on hot deals, hot deals. And if you and if you're not going to Vegas, you can order online. We're gonna be shipping our online orders a little bit later. We're not gonna get to ship them all till we're back. Depending on what you get, there's some stuff still in. Airdrie, uh, not a full assortment anymore, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're kind of playing roulette on your order if you're going to get it or not right now, but we're going to ship everything as soon as we get back. We'll be back about December 14th, 13th, 14th, uh, so we'll get everything shipped out that Wednesday, all those customer orders. I'll stay up all night if I have to to get them out that day so that we uh, make sure we get your stuff in time for Christmas. And In Canada, that'll be enough time in the U.S. It'll probably be close. If we got to upgrade some shipping, we might do that too to make sure you get it, but... Uh, yeah, thanks yeah. for the support all the way so far. If, but if you can't order online, um, and if you're, you know, you got to support your Canadian and your uh, American retailers. We've got our stuff in a lot of stores all the way around North America now. So get yourself uh, outfitted for Christmas. Hell yeah. So, Ways, what else do we got uh, on the top side of the show? Um, What else do we got? Oh, the jerky? <laughs> Man, yeah, wait, so what's your jerky rating on jerky that? Jerky rating? Do that? Ooh, man. Like if we were doing our pizza rating, like... I'm going to say, uh, yeah. say a 9.2. 9.2? What's your uh, what's your criteria and what's your... Um, It's going to be flavor. It's going to be texture. Yep. And it's going to be like how like hard to chew it is or not. Like if it takes yeah. me like 25 minutes to chew through a piece of jerky, like I'm not pumped about that. Or if it's too hard. And then like also they... the next one would be ingredients. Are a big factor as well. Yeah, you don't want junk. Yeah, you don't want much of junk. So it's got to be good. Nine point two on the scale, very good. It's super soft. It's kind of like it's kind of a pepperoni stick style, which is very cool. Yeah, that's new to me. Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'll definitely be nine point two munching some range fuel when a guy needs it. The, uh, I you know the I think the standard, and I think that our friends, a lot of our friends out on the road can say the standard for jerky is Provost, the Provost Packers. Ooh man, those little right? jerky bites are so good. Yeah, so. I think if Provost is the standard, Range Fuel is a new product though because you got the jerky bites, or you got the jerky, or you got yeah. And the Provost stuff is really uh, you don't find it very many places. It's pretty like niche in that yeah. area. Like basically, you only get it from the Packers or like what? Yeah, one store in town. So, on if that's the standard, ten out of ten jerky, I've got to say like on a spat like on the ratings that I've seen so far, like. I gotta say, like nine point five, maybe even oh, higher. Oh shit, son! Like this is, I'm not just blowing smoke here, people. <laughs> like this is some good, high quality shit. Hell yeah, brother! So, if you there, you have it. it. So make sure you make sure you uh, pick up uh, a pack sometime. It's also a great stocking stuffer. Oh great wow! What an idea, product. Storm! Stocking well stuffer done, Storm. from the driver's seat. Dang. She passes out a huge boost there. So. Storm's basically just driving us to Vegas. That's what's going on. So Grace and I are just going to sit in the back seat. Yeah, she's going to take pictures of us. She's going to be our Instagram girlfriend uh, she's the back. whole week. But I got to take pictures of her outfits too, so I will. She we got some cool stuff planned when we're in Vegas too. We're gonna, we're going yeah. to uh, going to go see our our pal George. Yeah, George, George Strait. I'm going to cry op- openly uh, in the stands. So we were talking with Corb the other day. Uh, I was texting him. I don't know what's going on. Like we're. I don't know, just planning Vegas and talking about how it's going to be hell because it's so long and, like, it's Vegas and you drink a lot and it's gambling. You always just find your way into some type of trouble no matter what you do. Yeah, trouble in Vegas. Like, there's no way to get around it. Yeah. So he was like, you know, I want to go see George Strait in Vegas. Like, 
probably not going to be doing it for a lot longer. Like, I don't know what age George Strait is, but he's like, is he 70? He's got to be in his 70s for sure. I think so. We need to look that up. I'm curious. But he's 71. uh, 71? What's your guess? I think he's like between 68 and 72, but I really don't know. What's your guess? You got to guess a number, bro. Uh, 69. 70 on the dot. Oh, wow. Ooh, Price is Right rules. I win. You win. Uh, Shit. 70 years old. So, so really, right, like, as an entertainer, 70's probably getting up there to do, like... We look at guys like Elton John and those three, like, they're winding down as well, and they're about the same age bracket. Yeah. So. Yeah, so... Not many opportunities left to see the king. So, like Corb said, I don't know when I'll get to do this again. So, me and my, uh, you know, I don't know what, but... I guess Merry Christmas to Wacy and Storm and <laughs> I. <laughs> We're going to go to see George Strait in Vegas with Corp. So that'll Very be cool. a pretty epic night. And then we're going to go to the football game on Sunday. Uh, then I might go to UFC fight. Uh, we're going to go to the rodeo a little bit. going to yeah. be in the booth uh, hanging out a little bit too, doing a couple shows down there. We're going to see if we can track down Donnie Gay. That's one goal. That'd be really cool. Donnie Gay on Very the show. cool, very cool, very cool. And then you know who else I wouldn't mind getting on the show is Tough Edeman. If we can get Tough Edeman. Cody Johnson would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. Access there. Forey Smith, we've kind of put some on that. Yeah, he's been on the radar. So I don't know who we'll run into and whatnot down there for sure, but you never know. We'll see. But anyways, that'll be the top of the show for now, and we'll uh, we'll check in a little bit later, maybe a little further south when we get through the passes, (laughs) (laughs) a little closer down there. Uh, Maybe tomorrow we'll check in with another another uh, part of the show, and we'll uh, catch up in a bit. So, anyways, thanks again to uh, our sponsors the past few months, and once again, Rangefield Jerky. Check them out, rangefueljerky.com. Check them out. So thanks for tuning in. We will uh, catch catch up with you all. Catch you down the road. Catch up with you all in a little bit here. Thanks to our guest this week, Janie Johnson, um, for being on the show. We'll interview with her. Is up next. All right. Episode 131 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. I'm Ted. He's Wacey. And we have our guest this week. She's just uh, just off American Thanksgiving, or as we call it in Canada, just Thursday. Just Thursday. <laughs> so so uh, she's coming to us from her place just outside of Canyon, Texas. She's uh, on hair, on air talent <laughs> and professional barrel racer, Janie Johnson. Thanks for joining us, Janie. Appreciate you being here today. Wow, what an intro. Thank you. And it was a great That was one of Ted's top five best intros into the podcast so far. <laughs> we just call it a Thursday. <laughs> well, I'll say from America, we're thankful for you guys. We're thankful for Cowboy Shit. Well, thanks for uh thanks for that, Janie. We appreciate that. We uh, thanks for wearing the stuff. Look at that. Look right at into the right brand. On theme. on theme. On theme. I love the, this sweatshirt. Did the did the shirt that I gave Jake fit or not quite? Or did you just steal it? I just stole it. They're really soft. I like oh, it. Oh yeah, it's made with bits. The of t-shirts real are really nice. 
Yeah, no, they're good. They're good. Good quality merch. Little plug mm-hmm. right there. Hey, there we go. We uh, and actually, so we just got word, Janie, we're going to be in Vegas too, uh, officially now. Well, I don't even have the paperwork from the border yet, but uh, if they let us across the border, we're going to be at the uh, at the Rio in booth seven twenty one, Wacy. That's uh, that's where we're baby. at. So we'll at the Rio. So our ten days. Him, Come find us. Eleven days, actually. Sorry, I hope you got a calendar. Yeah, they're still open on Sunday. So, Dang. yeah, so yeah. we're gonna go do that. So, Janie, you're you said you're uh, so Thanksgiving and and NFR is uh, depending on the the way the calendar works. Sometimes it's a little tired of Thanksgiving, but you're heading over there on Monday. Yeah, yeah, I'm flying out of Amarillo on Monday. Should get there. I think we land in time to go to Mike Servi's winning that like PRCA Legends Award. We're gonna go to that. Then back numbers Tuesday, then the PRCA banquets Wednesday, then round one Thursday. We just kick it off. So it's here. None of us are ready, but it's here. Tell oh us God. what tell us what you got on the go there this year. You uh, in twenty twenty in like was it round four? You ended up uh was it was Joe tell me if I'm wrong, but was Joe Beaver calling the barrel racing and then Somebody was like, why do we have Joe calling the barrel racing? Janie's right here. She can do. That was us know. calling. The, that was us saying, why oh, didn't we put it Joe on Twitter? Call? Yeah, no, we know we were doing, we're doing it's we're doing Instagram lives. And we're like, why? Why is there not somebody better commentating the barrel racing? And the <laughs> no next offense day, to Joe. It's not no offense fashion. to Joe. No. Yeah, this is not, no <laughs> offense to Joe. But then the next day, Janie was on on air. Calling <laughs> yeah, it, so randomly around cow, cow, the, the cowboy like, ship boys. They're like, was it always the plan for you to just like randomly show up around four? I'm like, yeah, it was like a surprise. No, I got a text from my producer because I was hosting the tailgate show like over at Stockyards, which is like 40 minutes from Arlington. Oh, yeah. With traffic. With, with, without traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in the show and the show like backs up to the rodeo. And I got a text and it was like, please be on standby to commentate the barrels. I was like, I didn't do any is- homework. I go, what does that even mean? And so I was like calling barrel racers in the car on the drive to Arlington. And then I text him, my producer again, I'm like, am I going on? And he's like, I don't know yet. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> he goes, just be ready. So I'm like standing over by Joe B at the roping box. And I go to Joe B. I'm like, hey, Joe B, am I doing the barrels? He's like, I have no idea. Text yeah. the producer again. I go, am I doing the barrels? And he's like, yeah, you better get up there. And I was like, Okay, let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> and Joe is a legend. He is the absolute greatest. I was watching old NFRs just last night with Joe. I mean, he talks on camera like he's talking to his best friend. Like, he is so casual, so mm-hmm. cool. And he actually knows a lot about the barrel race, too. But I think a lot of people were just maybe wanting a female. They're wanting a woman to talk about the barrel race, about the women's barrel race. It's the only women's event happening, like, at the main NFR. And uh, I think it needs to be a world champion, but they were all a little bit busy at round four, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, so so then talk about how, how it was and what, you know, what that experience was like. What's going through your mind when you find out? Yeah, when you find out. Like, Did you feel I'm... like you had enough homework done in 20 minutes? <laughs> I was so nervous. I was literally like shaking probably just because you want to do everybody justice and you want to say lots of things. But then whenever you get into it and you actually go there, you realize you have no time to say any of the things you wanted to say because it goes so fast. I mean, 17 seconds, at least in Globe Life, you had more time because it was that huge arena. When you get to the Thomas and Mac and it's like 13 seconds, you're like, oh, there she goes. First barrel, second barrel. (laughs) Oh, we're at the third. Okay, new leader. That's great. Unless the horse takes forever (laughs) in the alleyway, you don't get to say much. The... uh... What what is the what is the format exactly? Like you're calling the run, and you have a like you you don't like you all, you have twenty seconds like you have like a sentence and a half almost like it's it's not really, like you said really not that much. 
I try to like really think of something specific and I really like to talk about the horse, like mm. exactly what horse they're on. Like Globe Life was really exciting because I feel like we had more horse changes at Globe Life than we've ever had because it was that big arena. Horses were getting kind of tired or horses weren't kind of loving the setup. And so every day they were on uh, different horses. Even Haley Kinzel changed horses one day just to give sister a break. And so it was exciting to like text. I texted each barrel racer, like, what horse are you going to be on? So it was fun to talk with the horse changes. Thomas and Mac was just unbelievable because it is kind of a unique setup. It's such a tiny arena. It's so easy to hit barrels. It's a lot like CFR. And like that world title race was unbelievable. You know, I think everybody went in thinking, oh, Haley Kinzel's got it in the bag. Like she has for the last three years, even four years. She had a great NFR the first year she made it. And then with the Jordan Briggs thing mixed in there, and it was like all the ways around 10, it was so exciting. And I hope that I didn't get too excited on camera, but <laughs> I want people to like feel the energy that I was feeling behind the bucket shoots watching that happen. But honestly, guys, you were there for it. Calgary Stampede, the barrel race was the coolest, most exciting thing. I think I even just like just yipped and yahooed at one point in the middle of somebody's run. <laughs> where did you, where'd you get to call that from? Uh, so I was like, so I was, I would do the bareback interview from behind the shoots and then I would walk over in front of the broken box. Okay. Nice. Gotcha. So I was oh. like right next to the alleyway. Mm -hmm. I think you, you mentioned something that I wanted to touch on a bit is that you said you want to get something very specific in because in your role, you're not just trying to put fluff and just, stuff in there just to say something like having something specific about that lady or about her horse that provides insight that we might not know about otherwise i think is a very important part of the broadcast that that's Damn. that's why you want to that's why you're supposed to be in that position i think that's why you, that you elevated the broadcast no offense to joe but you can get a bit more out of the, out there of was than, there was a difference when you joined the right? broadcast we yeah well, Joe had so much specifics to the tie-down roping, mm -hmm. right? Because exactly. he's he you know, hanging out with those guys in the morning, and he's yeah. got so much specific stuff about whatever calf they have, how they're feeling that day. And so I try to do that, and the barrel racers have been really, really good to me, and they've, they're all just really, really great. And they want me to share certain things, you know, like, oh, someone's so trained this horse, and I want to make sure they get credit. Mm. Or – you know, Donna K. Wool when she was coming back from her hip surgery, and that was huge. Fans already loved Donna K., and they wanted to root for her even more since she'd been coming back from major surgery. That was exciting for me at Calgary. Or just, you know, barrel racers that weren't really chosen as the favorite necessarily and then dominate, like Cassie Murray at Calgary. I think everybody always cheers for Cassie, but I think everybody had kind of picked Wenda from the beginning to win Calgary just because she dominated in her pool. And then Cassie comes in on this seven-year-old horse and just kicks butt and breaks records. And it was just so cool. And I'm a huge fan. So I, I try. Sometimes I don't have anything specific. Sometimes I just have to kind of pull something <laughs> out. But I try to have something. You can tell I get excited talking about it. Now I'm getting pumped thinking about this year. Well, so we uh, I kind of want to talk about this year at the finals a little bit. I want to get back. I want to get into your story as well, further along and the path you've taken to get to where you are at this point. But but talk, let's talk about the finals here quick and uh, who you liking, what are you thinking, what are the storylines coming in, you know, what are we what are we looking at? That's really general. I even have my magazine here just in case I had to like look up some samples. <laughs> uh, man, I, I want to throw it out there. What's what's on your mind? It's gonna be so close in every single race. Uh, 
you know, I'm I'm a little bit biased because I am in charge of doing the rough stock winner interviews for the rounds and then the barrel race. So I really hone in on those. But it's also fun because then I can watch the timed events from a perspective of just being a fan and just being excited to watch it without the pressure of having to figure out what I'm going to ask them. That's Amy's job. She can handle that. And so uh, I don't know. There's just certain star players that I'm excited. I think we're going to see Haley Kinzel have an amazing NFR because, you know, last year she had a great NFR. It just wasn't the standout one we were used to seeing. Jordan had that. I'm excited to see that battle between the two of them again and even see if there's going to be another barrel racer like Adana Kay, who's second. Like I said, fans love her. And who doesn't? She's the nicest lady in the world. Someone who's kind of a, I don't want to call him a spoiler, but someone who hasn't won the world yet come in there and sweep it. Uh, like in Emily. the saddle bronc, you know, I talked about the saddle bronc riding. I think everybody kind of wants to maybe see Sage Newman get that world title because he's just dominated all mm -hmm. year. He rides amazing. But is it going to be a right again? Is it going to be Stetson or even Ryder? You know, they're close. Is it going to be a Canadian? We got six right? around there. Is it going to be a Canadian? I mean, I would, I would never, ever, ever count Zeke Thurston out of anything, especially oh, after the, the Canadian finals that he had. I mean, Zeke Thurston could go in there and win round after round after round and win the world. Mm -hmm. He's 110,000 back. So that's the only thing. That, that's what I mean. He's going to have right. to win round after round after yeah, round. <laughs> got to do it. But it is possible. A look at Canadian finals. I Going into Canadian finals, I didn't think Zeke was going to win the war. I was going to win it. I thought he's going to have to have this mm -hmm. amazing finals. And he did. So don't count him out. But yeah, that boy out. I gotta say yeah. the bareback riding's a little bit closer than it has been in previous years. Hey, Tim, Tim had a surgery on on a on his thumb, was that right? So he was yeah, out for he a had lot of the surgery right after right after Cheyenne. Yeah. So that so previously he's had a huge lead coming in different years, where this year it's a uh, you know, Cole's up by less than well, twelve fifteen hundred yeah. bucks over Jess, so it's tight. Um, look at how close Casey Field is. He went to uh twenty six rodeos. He's fifth in the world. He's so literally like a go. Back. One he's go a round go back. around. He wins mm -hmm. first. He's number one again. I mean, pretty close. Rodeos. The other guys would have to not win anything. I mean, he could win seven world titles. Casey Field could be your seven-time world champion. I mean, even when it was at six, it was pretty mind-boggling. But now I just don't think anything's impossible for that guy. Um, Jess Pope obviously was a standout. I think Cole Reiner is going to be in there, but I don't. I don't know. I don't think Cole's the type to crack under the pressure of going in number one. That happens a lot, but the draw is going to play a huge part in that. Not to go back to the saddle bronc riding, but are you guys just so excited to see who's going to draw get smart in round five and round ten? <laughs> I hope it's Zeke. I hope it's a Canadian. I know. Oh, if it's Zeke, we're time. all going to cry. All the Canadians oh, are going to cry. If it's we need Zeke, that. Smart. It's going to be so much <laughs> Be very cool. The, I got to say, too, I want to throw this in there that for those that don't know, Janie's dad, Clint Johnson, is a four time world champion. He won it in 1980 and then again in 87, 88, and 89. Mm -hmm. So four time world champ. And uh, Janie, tell us a little bit about like we can, we got to go back to the Saddle Bronc again as well as in the finals. But you came to Calgary for like how, how long when you were a kid when your dad was a shoot boss up here? Yeah, a couple of years growing up, and so it was kind of fun to go back to Calgary this year from a work perspective. We've gone back as a family for kind of vacation before, but it kind of feels like home, and a lot of people, I'm not Canadian. I wish I was sometimes, but I'm not. <laughs> and, You're getting uh, closer with your with your husband now. You're part of the Commonwealth now with the, with the Aussies. But I was like, I don't know, ge geographically closer, but Commonwealth, yeah. Commonwealth, baby. Yeah. Yes. 
thinking of the queen. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, Calgary is unbelievable. I mean, it's right up there with me for NFR. It's like you guys probably feel the same way. It's it's kind of the same same level for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it counts but, again now. That's a good part. Now, if it would only count for Canada in some way, it's kind of funny how that whole scenario is. Right. I think I don't that'll know happen eventually, can. but I don't know. How can it count for NFR, but not? Maybe it should just be the Canadian finals if it's going to move. <laughs> it could make it in the middle of the summer. Yeah, why not? Why Change not? up the season. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I think that'd be really nice. Um, It's going to be good for whenever they go back to their 100,000. I don't think that's yes. going to be too far off. It should have been. It's gotta be. It should have been this year. Yeah, we got we got told it was supposed to be this year. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we've done uh, all around is done. Bull riding. Bull Bull riding. riding. What about the sixteenth bull rider? Yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? Story. What's the story? Did somebody do their maths wrong, or what happened? I'm gonna political this just a little bit because I don't like. I don't know that it's like. I don't think it's a secret, but obviously, PRCA has ever sent out like anything that says they just says unique and unusual circumstances. There was a bull riding event earlier in the year. There was some discrepancy on how the payout happened and that never really did get resolved and they didn't want to have to get lawyers involved. And so basically the decision they made, they weren't sure if that was right. And there wasn't really a clear rule in the rule book on what was the right decision. And so they ended up saying, hey, instead of us telling another bull rider in the top 15 that he's kicked out, because we're not even sure if that's the right decision, we're gonna let them both go. Voting a makes- lawsuit. That makes sense. I don't want to say that that's the actual <laughs> situation. Of you're not the. You're not the lawsuit, source of that. That's fair. But I'm just saying that it has to do with the payout from an event that happened earlier in the summer. It's not an audit issue. Is it a ground, uh, ground money thing? It is, is a ground money thing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That, 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 change, that changes that, everything, though. That ground money, the thing, ground money rule changes everything for everybody all year, but it's going to change world title. It's going to change everything in NFR. It's going to be kind of crazy. I think it sucks, personally, because I think it, 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 it opens the window for cheating. Because if somebody could win all the money, they could sabotage everybody else and win all the money. Or, like, if you... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. different scenarios. I'd be, I'd be interested to know if there would be a way to get the bull riders to vote I mean, would they vote? Do borders want ground money or not? You might know that, Ted. I don't they want to. I think they want the money in their they pocket. They want the money. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it should count for the standings. I think yeah. that's unnecessary. Yeah, you should get the money in your pocket for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But there's some places, I think like Calgary didn't even pay out the ground money. They kept it. So oh, did like, they? You got to pay. I think you got to pay the ground money out, but I don't think it needs yeah. to go to the standings, which is how yeah, it was originally. I mean, think about it, guys. If one guy or even two guys win around and they're the only two rides or the only ride, the guy's gonna win like hundred thousand. Yeah, totally changes. It, it which change isn't the fair. Landscape of it, yeah. Which is which isn't fair because that ride may or may not be that good. There's been a couple times where I remember one 76 time seventy six points won around. Yeah, like not I too think long Corey ago. Na- Corey Navarre was like sixty three points one time and was only got to stay on in the in the rank pen, like maybe like oh four or something. And then it happened a couple of years later in like 08, 09, somewhere in there. But like those guys win like back then it was like 50, 60, 70,000 for one ride. It was a 60 point ride and should a 60 point ride winning the world. No, it should be 90, 94 in the 10th round. Well, just imagine this. You're like the 16th bull rider to get on and nobody has ridden. And you know <laughs> that you just have to hold on and you just happen to draw the least rank bull in the whole pin. And you're just going to just 
manhandle just money drag it. Points. Or, yeah or put a couple knot holes in because that's not a rule so just <laughs> rope up right I hope oh. I'm to not to change the subject, but I really hope that Cole Fisher has a stand at NFR. I think that guy's got a lot of talent and I think that he deserves to be there. And I think, you know, despite all the different things, a lot of people are questioning him. But if you go back to the event, the guy maybe does deserve to be there. And I hope that despite all the noise around him, he has a great NFR. That's a very nice way to Because that's it. hard. Imagine going <laughs> into NFR in that position and having all this noise oh, around yeah. you. And everybody's asking you about it. Like I, he's a mature guy. He seems like a nice guy. He's very quiet, and uh, I hope that he has a great NFR. What? Who do you who do you like in the bull riding overall? So we've got Stetson in first at three hundred twenty thousand, one hundred thousand back. Josh Frost almost. He's about ninety two thousand. So it's Stetson's to lose. But what are your thoughts? I, like, I think it's going to change so quickly because of the ground money. So I uh, would never ever ever go against Stetson if Stetson wins the world. I think. He'll run away with it. But I kind of am pulling for Josh Frost a little bit. I like Josh Frost. I think Josh Frost has, you know, had such an amazing comeback story. Do you guys remember like a couple years ago when he got his stomach stepped on at Fort Worth? He lost like 50 pounds. They didn't know if he was ever even going to really function normally ever again. Well, last 2020 was like his comeback year and he's just gradually come back and he's 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 kicked butt since he's been back. He's been he's been doing so, so well. Yeah, he's number even, two even, in the world. Even last year, he pushed Sage like to the brink, basically. Yeah, he won the average last yeah. year. He's such a good guy. I think he rides awesome. I just, I don't know. I'm always rooting for Stetson just because I think Stetson's the man. You know, he's mm-hmm. Superman in boots. Oh, but yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I would love to see like a head-to-head battle between the two of them. It, it makes it a lot. It makes it a lot more fun to see to see the races. Like that was even like Zeke at the Canadian finals coming back. He won the last three rounds. Like won him out to, to to take the title. It's it's it makes it a lot more fun when there's a close race without somebody running away with it. Yeah, I don't know that any race other than the team roping is really going to be somebody running away with it. I think uh, Caleb and Junior are going to run away with it, but I'm sure that's really? terrible. To say. I mean, they, uh, it's, they're amazing. Those guys. And are they so right now? They're about ooh, what to say eighty thousand for mass rates? Yeah, eighty thousand ahead of uh, of of Clay Tryon and uh, Clay Tryon and Jake Long. So oh, and even bigger lead on the heel side. Jake's a little bit further back, about fourteen thousand behind. So so you really think they're gonna just run away with it? Because eh? they've they've had some trouble at the finals before. Like Caleb only won. Did he not only win his first, like it took him a while till he won, won that gold buckle. Right. Well, they won their first one. Well, cause junior won the all around before, but they won their first yeah. team roping gold buckle, buckle together last year. I don't know why. And I shouldn't even say anything. Cause you know, I'm not supposed to say things, but <laughs> I have an opinion on it. I think those two are absolutely have so much respect to the other teams. They've broken every, every single scene, single season earnings record this year. And I love the dynamic of it because it says so much to me about like team dynamics, you know, the two of them, they were like reserve world champion a couple of times. Like they could not get that world title. They ended up second and second and second. And finally they're like, okay, obviously we can't win the world together. And they split up and went with different partners. Neither one of them had nearly the same amount of success with other partners. They did well, but not like they did when they were together. They get back together. First year back together, they win the world. Second year, break the earnings record for the regular season. I think they're going to win another world title. I think it's like a sports documentary in the making. <laughs> what makes those 30. guys, what makes those guys so much better? 
I don't know. I think it's when, you know, Junior, whenever he heals and he like really lays back on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I think that dramatic effect, you know? You get people going. Some, a little quicker no, I sometimes, know. maybe. I, they're just, they don't break barriers either. Like the thing that's really cool, I mean, like Caleb doesn't break the barrier. What's really cool about them, very similar to Cole Reiner. I'm going to throw in a fun fact about Cole Reiner, comparing him to Caleb Jr., which is a weird comparison. They just place everywhere. Did you know that Cole Reiner went an entire season, an entire year, and only did not place at four rodeos? He placed at every Damn. rodeo except for four. How many, how many did he go to? What was his rodeo count? I think like 99. Oh, my Dang. God. That's 95 90, 95, so yeah. That's insane. Now, don't quote me on that. I heard that. I haven't, conf- I haven't actually fact-checked <laughs> that with Reiner. It's a lot of work to find that out. Somebody told me he went. he got a 99 head. But 99 head of horses, so that okay, would be so maybe you know, 60 rodeos if you count all the yeah, headers, yeah. right? Yeah, but still, that's amazing. And Caleb and Jr. are the same, they don't really mess up, they don't always win first, but they don't break the barrier, they don't really miss, you which, know? which, which, which is a big okay. factor with it with the average thing, too, right? Like, that's that's the one thing, like, you can push go for the rounds, but Exactly. Sending out over 10 days and being consistent can get you that extra money in the in the in yeah, the you don't average. have to win first every night. It pays mm-hmm. a lot to win second. What is it like 25 to win second? Still a lot. It's a ton. It's what do you think? What but, do you think in the tie down roping? I can no my magazine. Yeah. I'm looking at the standings <laughs> right now, too. We got Chad Mayfield first, 203,000. I'm biased and I feel bad because on my show, we did like a road to the NFR show. And I said, like, hands down, it's going to be Caleb Schmidt, which I kind of feel bad oh, ever saying, damn. like, hands down, it's going to be this person. He's done so well, I don't well, know. Though, I don't know. People are like, how dare you say that? You don't know. And I'm like, no, I, I have no idea. Because every time I say who I think it's going to be, I'm usually wrong. Uh, obviously, Shad Mayfield's got that huge lead. But I just feel like I've seen Caleb Schmidt just, like, come from all kinds of different positions. And nobody is as cool as that guy. Like, he just keeps his cool – through everything like he doesn't get hyped he doesn't get low he's just this way all the time he can handle the average he's like the veteran but i mean chad's kind of a veteran now and shane hanshi's the veteran and i don't know what do you guys think what do you haven's already a world (laughs) champion too of the top five there's four world champions so i mean yeah exactly that makes it tough in top seven there's you know five of seven um uh, yeah, you can never sure. count. You can never count Shane out. He always, he, he always yeah. seems to find a way to to make shit happen. Chad's got I'm such a him. lead this year, but it's and I don't think he's gonna have like a 2020 situation where he's kind of like it's first in a far. He's number one and he's just kind of psyched himself out a little bit. I think he's past mm-hmm. that. You know, you know who I think's uh, somebody that is due for one at some point that's just been on the cusp a couple times is Corey Sullivan too. He's won a lot of oh, these titles. He's awesome. I think he's they're got... all awesome. That's yeah, what's hard. Awesome. Yeah, that's the hard Everybody's thing. Everybody's so awesome. <laughs> and speaking of speaking of uh, six Canadian bronc riders, there's what eight eight title ropers from Texas. That's the other one of the other. What's in the water down there? Well, they can rope year round. It's not, it's not forty <laughs> below in Texas in the winter, so that makes it a little. Probably easier. does help a lot. It does yeah. help. Man, so, six Canadian bronc riders. That is wild. Do you have a favorite neat? Canadian bronc rider? Is that the Pierogi Bandit? Colby Wanchuk. I fucking love that kid. He's number Does one. Did he talk to Wanchuk? Because I know that he kind of got hurt a little bit. Is he yeah, doing better? He broke He's his shoulder. Yeah, at the like, Bronx. He in, broke uh, his shoulder. Like it was it's that broken. Yeah, it was broken. Like he 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 told me he told me 
he uh he, he didn't know it was broken like must have like must have been like a very like hairline type, type type thing but yeah he turns out he broke it that's why he didn't ride the cfr right he, arm he arm. For the, uh, i don't know that for sure Makes a difference. No, it's it's I think it's yeah. a riding arm because you're gonna brace yeah. it down and keep it tucked in. Mm. It's which is better than the than the free arm. Is he better? Well, apparently he's gonna be good to go. Yeah, had about six weeks. So I'm with you though. Wanchuk is okay. Now I'm not trying to take too much credit credit for this, but I started this little social media thing by not by accident. This was purely intentional. <laughs> um, and Wanchuk hates it. So sorry, Colby. Uh-oh. I don't know if he hates it, but he's always kind of gives me the side smile. Like I hate it. <laughs> and uh, so whenever Wanchuk did really well at Reno, I, I always said to him, like, Kobe, whenever you win and I get to interview you, I'm going to say so-and-so just got Wanchucked. <laughs> and so we were at Reno and I was like, I am like, it's got to be in house. Cause I got to have a crowd. It can't be on TV. Cause it will just TV only. Cause it won't really resonate. And so it's like, Reno, you just got Wanchucked. <laughs> Oh, and so geez. then I noticed that like other social media places started like saying like so-and-so just got one chucked like after every time he would do well, I was like, that was me. Oh, and then I forgot one. to do it at Pendleton when he went to Pendleton, which would have been the oh. best time. That was just a badass drunk right there. Oh, oh it was epic. And black tie horse of the year. Yeah. Very cool. That'd be, that'd be a fun segment we could do where you see where we just go around with, Col- with Colby and he just... <laughs> Tells people they take got Rick, one. Show. Take Rick along with us too. <laughs> you should do like a like a punk scenario, like where you go and have him prank people and then tell them they just got one chucked. Just got one chucked. We put Colby in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Or then I said something to him. I go on tailgate show. I was like, "How much one could a one chuck chuck for one chuck chuck one?" And he says it's appropriate because he said that his like family members, like great grandfather or something, like used to chop wood. <laughs> that doesn't sound That's right. They were uh, where the lumberjacks. Yeah. <laughs> wood choppers. Oh boy. Wood choppers. Yeah, and I was like, oh, see, perfect. Oh boy. Oh, um, yeah. Col- Col- Colby's a fave, but all all the all the boys, all the Canadian boys are so good. Like I, I, we had an interview with Cole Ashbacker not long ago, and he's he's a very cool kid. Like they're an iconic canadian rodeo family and Leighton green yeah. like he's he's always a solid guy like they're the only thing i'm worried about with cole is if they're gonna mark him just because he's kind of a bigger guy and we were talking about it with somebody else too that he's really got to get up there and and point his feet out and really really spur him right instead of you know like he really got to get up there and get going and i i hope that they i hope that they mark him i hope he still gets marked marked well and I right. hope that he, you know because they, they really scrutinize you down at the like at this at the nfr right so i i hope it's a different support. look yeah. It's a different look versus like a Logan Hay versus a Cole Ashbacker just because yeah. there's like three feet there, right? Yeah. And so it just looks different and it's not anybody's fault or talent or no. skill. But so I hope, work I hope a little it goes harder. well. Hope it goes well. But uh, okay, we got two more events and we'll, I want to get more into, into the Janie story. But Bulldogging and Breakaway, which way do you want to go first? What are you thinking? Oh, breakaway is Martha Angeloni. I can't even, I realize that's cheating because she's, <laughs> I don't even know that it's possible for somebody to catch up to her. It's that far away. She is amazing. Amazing roper. She's number one. She's not going to mess up. You know, something crazy would have to happen for that to change. What are the rounds um, in the, in the, uh, uh, like five they pay like oh, five thousand okay. and there's yeah is there t- they still have 10 rounds are they gonna do 10 rounds in two days like the yeah the finals yeah oh so yeah. she's got a so 30 dollar lead 37 it's it's possible but it's not 
she's just she not has likely. To it's hers to win. It's hers to okay. lose. You know. Yeah. In the bulldogging, uh, that one's anybody's game too. It is. I just feel like Waggis Pack just, just dominates in the Thomas and Mac. He just lights that place up. He thrives off of it. I would love to see Jorgensen win it just because he hasn't, and he's just a standout guy. Mabel's awesome. I don't know. Hunter Cures announced that he's retiring after this year, so it'd be cool for him. But he's already got two world titles, you know? Let somebody he's got else a couple. have it. Let's, let somebody else win. Who do you guys think for the Bulldoggin? Well, is you know there who one of the closer? Well. It's one of the closer races. Dakota Eldridge has has done well at the Thomas Mack. So has Kyle Irwin before. I remember talking yeah. to those guys a lot of different times. Ty Erickson has done Earth. well in there too. Jesse Brown's on Tyson. Ruckness. Who else is on Tyson? That I don't know. I'd have to ask, but I bet there's a, probably there's a probably yeah okay. yeah I got a man of the boys at least two or three I'd guess, but I have to ask Curtis on that. But, For sure, Jesse is on him. I just don't know who else. I'm sure there's a couple others. We'd have yeah. to ask Grant. Yeah, I have to ask him. But the, the Bulldog, and I remember talking to some of those guys different times, and they say everybody's mounted so well that it comes down to the draw. They just say it comes down to the draw. Like, whatever, whoever draws the best, and you got to really execute on the good ones. And uh, I remember, yeah, so that that makes an interesting. I'm, I'm down with your Vegas back prediction. Yeah. He, he, he gets it done in Vegas, that guy. Yeah, so, he does. Every yeah. year, every year, I think mm-hmm. Waggis Pack's not going to win it, and then he does win it because mm-hmm. he just every he gets those go round wins. Who? Uh, so if you're putting to, putting a team together, Janie, who's on your team? Like, did you have to enter one of those teams to to in the tattoo league with those guys, or what's the what's yeah, the deal? I, you did. I'm in the tattoo league. Uh oh. And I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of really open to the idea of getting the tattoo if I lose. Oh really? But but what about? But don't they design like I just don't like think anybody would though? expect it. Yeah, they design it, but I just don't think anybody would expect me to get the tattoo. What's the worst uh, tattoo you've seen happen so far? The only person in the tattoo league that has ever gotten it is Justin Rumford. Oh, really? That's it. Everybody <laughs> else has paid the money. Randy Corley paid uh, the money. Okay, I see. I, everybody, because you can either pay like $1,500 to their charity or you get a tattoo. And I'm like, I'm all about the charity, but I think the tattoo would be funny. Very cool. <laughs> Good story. If you were like gonna a neck pick, tat? like a you, neck tat. Oh boy! If you're gonna pick <laughs> on your forehead. On your forehead. <laughs> if you're gonna pick somebody to win to pick you a tattoo, who would it be? Who would be the one that would pick the, your tattoo? If I Not could a... pick who picks my tattoo, I'd pick probably Steve Canyon because he's just like a genuinely nice guy, <laughs> and he wouldn't want me to have something embarrassing. He would want me to have like a little cute butterfly or something sweet. Oh boy! And so, who would you not I... want to win? Yeah, who would? Yeah. <laughs> Matters because if it's Jeff Matters, I'm getting an OSU tattoo. I would have like Pistol Pete OSU like on my forearm. That if oh, Jeff no. Matters picked my tattoo, like so they, they pick the location too, or is it I just they get to design it? I think it's a design. I think they design it. I Rumford's tattoo is actually pretty cool. It's like a little. It's like a rodeo clown like in a barrel on his calf. Like you can see it when he wears his shorts. It's a pretty cool, cool tattoo. Oh, I thought it was gonna be something funny or embarrassing yeah well you can but they were nice to him oh that's good of them which they shouldn't uh, it's from so for for those that don't know what we're talking about either so the pro fantasy rodeo has uh you guys have a side bet they call it the tattoo league so so there's a few different i would say media and and rodeo celebrities kind of in, the, in there like uh you got flint's in there different times every mm-hmm. year he's in there tallman you said randy corley justin Rim- rumford yourself uh jeff metters 
I forget who else maybe in Steve there. Kenyon. Yeah, Kenyon. We... Oh yeah. So there's about 10, 15 people. So so the winner gets to pick the loser's tattoo or you donate money to the charity. So I'm thinking Wacy and I should do a bet this year on the final tattoo league. I don't want to do a tattoo league. We only have two of Come us. On. Come on, between, bud. between that, we should pick some teams. So I'm curious, curious. I want to go, I'll go check out your team later on. We'll do that in the top and bottom of the show. Cause it's probably, I haven't actually made my team yet. I haven't oh, actually, because really? I can make it. it up until round one. Who's oh, going to be your star? Who are you who thinking think? is going to be the, who's going to be your top dog on your team? Like who do I go pack? all in on? Yeah. Who do you go all in on? Yeah. Who's, who's your one? I feel like I'm going to go all in on a barrel racer. Oh, really? Ooh. But Haley's such good value this year, though. How do you go away from Haley? That's what I mean. Like, even going with a top five is going all in in fantasy. I think my saddle bronc rider, I've been asking lots of different people. I've been asking all the bronc riders in my house. I haven't asked Dad what he thinks. But I'm almost thinking I'm going to go with, like, number 15, Tanner Butner for saddle bronc. Really? Really? Because, because that guy doesn't buck off. Like, I don't knock on wood here. He's an average guy for sure. Fun fact really? about Butner, he placed at the last 13 out of 14 rodeos he went to last year. Placed. Really? And he didn't Dang. get bucked off like the last 25 horses or something wild like that. So I'm like, Butner for the average and for pro yeah. rodeo fantasy or pro fantasy rodeo or whatever you just called. That's why I was nervous about Dawson because I know Dawson's going to go for it and he's probably going to get thrown off a couple. Just the way that he yeah. goes because he goes Dawson's for Dawson's a nine-year-nothing so kind of guy. Yeah. He gives it. For sure. Or like Cole Ashbacker might be like the next Canadian version of Rod Warren where he hangs on and gets 10 road every year too. Maybe that's what we got to look forward to for Cole on that side. I don't know. Honestly, Wyatt, Casper, Chase Brooks, like those guys are all Ashbacker. Ashbacker doesn't buck off very much. No. Dude, okay, Leighton Green's my sleeper for sure. Leighton? Okay. Okay. I just oh, haven't yeah. seen Leighton hasn't had that really huge NFR yet though. That that's the only that's why he's that's why he's a sleeper, man. I guess so. a he had a great, had a great I CFR. So. I wonder if the red season. I wonder if the red chaps are are uh how they fit on that that side of things. I wonder if the chap color plays into the bronc riding scores at all. Real question sure. is do you split your team ropers? Do you keep yes. them together or Ooh. do you split them? See, because it, well, if you're gonna go all in, are, are you gonna pick Junior and Caleb? Like because you already said that they got it. I know. I don't but think so. I don't think I do. But how do you spend that much money on first place? Team I don't. Members? I don't. I don't oh. because I'm, I don't believe in splitting. I never split. I don't know why. Ooh. I like them together. And I also don't like to split them because one year I actually did win like twenty seven hundred dollars because my team won the night. Really? Like my team did terrible because I did the real fantasy team. My team did terrible the whole time, but you but get one, paid one by day. the go round. And one night, every person in my team won first. And I wow. wouldn't have won that money if I would have split Dang. my team. Couldn't have, yeah. Huh. So I think I keep my team members together. And I think I go with like a, I'm thinking like a Wesley Thorpe and Cody Snow. They'll do well. That's true. They've yeah, Cody Snow and Wesley already. Thorpe. Yeah, I mean, Wesley, they, they won the average and Wesley won the world title that year. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Nothing is worse than having to tell a team roper, one of them, that they didn't win and one of them that they did. <laughs> oh, I've had to do that. That's been me the last five years. Oh, no way. You're that person? Yeah. That that's why the team ropers hate me. Fun. No, I'm just kidding. They don't hate me. <laughs> but I'm oh. like, yeah, I've had to do that a couple of times because it's happened a lot. So tell us what you're working on down there. Look, going into that, what what all are you working on this year at the finals? You're interviewing the barrel racing winner and the rough stock winner. So you got those interview pieces. Um is there some pre-show? Is there, you know, 
tell us what what yeah. all you got on the go for the for the finals this year. Yeah, so I'm not, I don't think I'm interviewing the barrel racer. I'm just commentating the barrel race. Oh, okay, you don't have to interview them. The okay, racer. gotcha. Because it's hard to get. Yeah, to you, and from. that wouldn't work. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, but I'm we'll do pre-show and post-show. I'm not on tailgate this year, but I think I'm guesting on the tailgate a couple times. Oh, fun! You know, just a little nice. guest action. That's exciting. Um, so yeah, it's great because then I actually have some time to think about the rodeo. Last year I was running around like a crazy person. It was like ten hours of TV a day. Oh boy, it was too much. That's a lot. It was so, good, but it was too much. That'll be uh be a fun week though. And then where where do you guys uh where do you spend most of your time? Are you at the building most of the time, or in like the TV compound, kind of behind, or what's the what's yeah. the week look like for you? I hang out at the TV compound. I'm staying at the South Point this year. And so I'm doing some other stuff too. Like I'm going to host the WPRA stars banquet for the barrel racers. And then I'll kind of cruise over, you know, cause the rodeo starts at five 45 this year. So okay. I like to get to the event, like to the Thomas and Mac by two. And I'm always kind of doing little stuff in between. We got to do autograph signings. You know, last year I told about 30 people where the Yellowstone booth was when I was signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> everybody would come up and be like do you want an autograph and they'd be like do you know where yellowstone is and i'd be like oh, they're over there. <laughs> so that was fun i'll do that again this year <laughs> and uh so i gotta figure out where yellowstone is so i don't tell people wrong that's fair that's fair um what, what uh what's the rest of your year like now too then like you're going to a lot of the big big events like the cheyenne uh reno uh pendleton like you talked about but how how uh, is that is that um yeah, what else do you have on the go that way, Janie? What else is on the go? You're talking you want to get back and work around work to go and, and compete again, too. So what's the plan in 2023? I love the winter time because we're all in Texas, right? And so I can actually have my horses there and ride. And Fort Worth is great. Fort Worth Rodeo is actually closer to my house than the stockyards is. So that's perfect. Because you're yes. in Weatherford now. And I, I actually failed to mention this, but um technically well you are janie are, are you janie johnson finlay now or janie finlay I, I didn't get i should have got that before we started but i oh, just no, got married okay. just the other day too yeah it's okay i haven't really figured that out yet uh okay i'm gonna be janie finlay in real life yes but in magical tv land my stage name will remain <laughs> janie johnson <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what so... does jake think about that is he okay with this Jake doesn't care. He's like, whatever. And I talked to Katie Lucas about it, too, because Katie Lucas is so Katie Lucas, right? She can't mm. change to Katie Berg. And so tough. she told me she wasn't changing. And so I was like, all right, I'm not changing either. And because it would be so confusing for, like, Steve and Justin and Metters and Butch, like, right before the NFR, like, change right in up. the peak of confusing to be like, let's throw to Janie. Janie, let's throw to Janie. They're going to mess it up. Because I remember when that kind of happens, it just gets very confusing. We're just going to keep it. But well, I will been, be Janie Finlay in real life. I got I to gotta say, I have a tough time sometimes on Facebook. I see people with different names, and I don't know who they are after a while. Right? They change the name. I'm like, oh, who is this person? I don't know who this is now. It's confusing. It's so I'm keeping it on TV. Katie Lucas was my inspiration. Shout out to Katie Lucas. Hey, there you go. Um, so, so the plan, though, is to compete again next year, though, right? We kind of got into that plan. Like, you want to get... Uh, get back going again i hope so yeah i really want to i've got some really cool horses and i got a lot i really want to get started and going I like a small horse property in weatherford and so i'm hoping during fort worth and all that but we just don't really know our schedule for the winter yet you know last year i was kind of running around to lots of different ones like i did a little bit of fort worth 
Then I was doing a bunch of the extreme bowls, like went up to Rapid City for extreme. Because I was doing all the extreme events in 2020. And I think now they're realizing that I was a little bit too honed in on extreme events. They couldn't okay. handle how extreme I was. and so <laughs> Too extreme for the extreme events. Exactly. I was so extreme. And so now they're kind of spreading the love a little bit. So I'm hoping that I get to do more with Fort Worth because I love that is the coolest rodeo. If you guys so, haven't been, you come nice, down. Nice to be so close to home too. Exactly. So I'm biased on that. Um, we haven't been yet, I actually, but talked to some of the crew about it. I've seen the building. We were, we were, uh, did see the Dickies arena and had the PBR world finals there, I guess too. But when yeah. Waste and I were down there last year, we went and saw, went and checked, checked out. Beautiful the facility. looks like the yeah. outside of it looks so very, nice. very cool. It's so nice. It's so clean. It's like having a rodeo in an opera house. I stole that from Jeff Metter. So always said oh, that, man. but yeah, yeah, I love that. And then San Antonio, I didn't get to go last year. I don't know if I'll go this year or not. That would be cool. Houston, we don't go to, but I actually went to Houston as a fan last year, so that was fun. Cool. You see, George? To, like sit in the stands and eat popcorn. No, <laughs> they just sit in the stands and eat popcorn and watch the rodeo. And then, yeah, there's a lot of rodeos. I just don't know how many we're going to or how many I'm going to. But I'm okay. hoping Fort Worth and those I'm on a little bit because Rapid City's also going on. Rodeo doesn't slow down. Cowboy Channel does not slow down. No. All the all the time in the summertime, like how how would you manage to get around and do, you know, be able to compete while you're like uh, when you have 100 days of rodeo in a row in the summertime? How does that how would that? Feel? I did not. I did not run barrels this summer. And that was sad. <laughs> it was sad. I ran a little bit more last year. This year, it was just they were so out of shape. Family had a lot going on, so I couldn't really keep them in shape. And I just said, OK, you guys just enjoy your summer off and we'll see you next year. The, uh, I want to go back to a few things too, Janie. We, uh, I was reading up on a, on a few different things and kind of how you got going and, and the story about your first NFR working for Jeff, uh, sounded kind of interesting. Your dad, you were, you kept talking to, or you were texting Jeff. You're like, Hey, so do you need me in Vegas? And then you're kind of like in limbo and didn't know. And then, and then your dad was like, just go, just show up, like, just go and just be there. And then you ended up doing, you're kind of like a bit of a runner and doing a bunch of different things. And then, you know, that's kind of how it got started, but tell us that story. Yeah, I basically forced my way in the door. Like it all kind of started in college. I had this like class assignment. We had to interview somebody in a job that we admired. And I didn't know anybody. I was a film TV major in college. So I didn't really know anybody in film or TV. My dad's like, I know a guy named Jeff Metters. And he called somebody, got his number. Jeff, let me interview him over the phone. And he's like, oh, yeah, if you're ever in Tulsa, come by. I took that really literally and I had gone to run barrels in Tulsa and I went by his office. I called him. I was like, Hey, I'm coming to your office. Showed up in a university of Texas ball cap, which was no, no <laughs> diehard OSU still a fight. We have yearly. And, uh, he said, Oh yeah, you can come intern. But like anybody who knows matters, he's a hard guy to get in contact with. And he didn't know me, so I would be like, hey, can I still intern? No response. Call him. No answer. He's getting ready for NFR. He doesn't have time for some college girl. Or he do he does, but at the time, is just like he hadn't called me back. And my dad was like, "We're going. I'm going out to Vegas for a meeting. Just fly out with me, and like we'll just go. And I was like, I can't just show up. I was so embarrassed. And he's like, we'll just go. And if he says that he doesn't have anything, then no big deal. Then you just fly home. Then you got a couple of days in Vegas. I was like, okay. And so I go out there to the Thomas and Mac and I'm like, hello, it's me. And he was like, oh, oh, I didn't think you were serious. I didn't think you were going to show up. And I was like, I'm here. 
let's work. What do you and need? So yeah. I ran, I ran a teleprompter for Suzanne Alexander. I'd go get coffee for Butch Knowles and Joe B. I would always get Butch Knowles uh, rough stock draw and bring it up to him. And I like hung out with Katie Kaufman and her producer at the time when she was doing interviews and just kind of did what everybody needed. It just hung out. I had the time of my life. It was a really simple time of my life, actually. It's wonderful. <laughs> I wonder if I could go back. I should ask Metters. Say, hey, can I just do coffee again this the year? Turn again? Yeah. It is a life. This is the best year ever. And then the next year, um, the gal that I shadowed that was a producer, she um, kind of got out of TV and she was amazing. And she was like, you should get my intern because she's like the only one that followed me around and knows kind of rodeo and TV. And so she'll know what to do. And so they called me and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. So then I did the producer thing for like five years. And then, like, I got to do some on-camera stuff for the pre-show while I was doing producer stuff, which was, like, a back number and, like, rode a roller coaster with bareback riders and went to the ice bar with the Canadians and did some, like, on-camera stuff there. And uh, it was really fun. And so that's what that's what we did. And then Cowboy Ch- then I worked for PBR Velocity Tour for yeah. two years. Yeah, and that was amazing. I love the PBR Velocity Tour. They were like the coolest. And it was, we did like 65 episodes a year. So every weekend I was gone at a Velocity Tour event, did all bull riding, all PBR. And Metters really wanted me to go do that because I needed some like real consistent on camera experience, which is really hard to get in the Western industry. Not much. Cowboy Channel didn't exist, nothing existed. So me doing junior high and high school finals was twice a year that just really wasn't enough experience so done a lot of that did pbr and then cowboy channel came to be and metters was like you gotta you gotta jump on board and i followed that guy to the ends of the earth so i did what did you uh, tell us more about the pbr time too that we spent a lot of time on that side of things but tell us more about that that experience in those couple years on the road that's a lot of a lot of events but pbr does a really good job of the production side of things in my opinion, amazing. it's a similar show, hey? Everywhere you go. It, they do amazing, and, like, it's the same crew. It's, like, a traveling family of people. They go everywhere. They call it a circus, dirt. but it's a traveling yes, family. Yes, I, I wasn't going to say circus, because it's really <laughs> quite organized. They they set up this amazing arena. They do this great show. Everybody's friends. They're great people. The Velocity Tour really was, like, a family. You know, and you do your hospitality, and, like, the bull riders are great, and now a lot of the bull riders that I interviewed – like I interviewed Dalen Swearingen at his first ever PBR event when he won the Velocity Tour. And now he's the PBR world champion, you know? That's so cool. Like I've got like a lot of those guys had to come to Velocity Tour. So I got to talk to like Jose and Dalen and all these great guys that are now just total superstars. And that was really cool. But it was great experience for me because you guys know how bull riding interviews work. It's just like quick, quick, quick. Like they ride you interview, they ride you interview. You could do so many interviews by the end of the night. And I kind of had to learn how to just flow with it. And it was fun. I got to work with Anthony Lucia and Colby Yates. And those guys are like my brothers. And it was really fun. It was kind of sad to leave. But that show that I worked on doesn't exist anymore. It was that PBR Ride to Glory show. So good times. Good times. End of an era. What was the biggest jam you ever got into on camera with the PBR stuff? Was there any funny time where you were like got stuck on something or couldn't get through something or had had a bit of a language barrier maybe with somebody <laughs> no but one time i i did actually get on a bull in the back pins because colby h dared me to oh boy which i really regret this doesn't have it we tried to do a feature one of the stock contract matt sharping actually was like yeah. hey 
this bull is so sweet. My daughter rides him around the pasture at home. And Colby H is like, we got to do a feature on this. This is going to be great. And so we go into the back pens. This is like the one weekend that Anthony Lucia wasn't there. He would have talked us out of it. And I get on this bull in the pen, not in the chute, in a pen. Yeah. And the bull's Extreme chill. Danger. The bull's chill. And Colby hands me the microphone. I don't know if this bull thought it was a hot shot or what. He dropped me to the ground like so oh, fast no. and then oh, went to no. like maul me. And Kobe like had to grab my leg and pull me through the fence. And oh, it was boy. all on TV. Like it was all on camera, oh, the whole thing. Oh, and I was like, oh my God, I almost just died. And we thought, okay, no one has to see this. It's recorded, but we're going to ditch this. Like no one needs to know this happened. This was a major stupid thing. PBR is going to be mad. Everyone's going to be mad that we even tried this. And uh, Matt Merritt got a hold of the video and put it on the big screen during intermission for everyone to see. And <laughs> oh they came God. to me and like, that's the reporter. Oh so that no. was the biggest jam of my PBR experience. <laughs> what about, yeah. uh, so going back to the high school stuff though, I didn't, I didn't know that you were a hazer. Oh, okay. So you guys are trying to see a trend. Okay. I kind of have a tendency to just do whatever on camera. <laughs> I'm not a hazer. There was just a really boring feature and it wasn't going anywhere. So I thought, okay, well, what if I tried to haze for one of these kids at this jackpot? Cause it was like a sponsored feature on the jackpot. So like, we wanted to do a feature on a jackpot. I'm like, that's so boring. There's nothing to work with that. And so then I was like, what if I learned to haze? And so this dad, and I actually interviewed this dad's kid. It was his dad's horse just the other day who did well at a rodeo at Pendleton. And he let me hop on his hazing horse and I hazed for this kid at the jackpot and it scared. I could have killed the guy. It really was unsafe, but, <laughs> but I kind of had a tendency to just kind of hop in there and do crazy things like that. Did you, uh, what was the, what, did, what were you yelling at the time? Like what, what does a, ha what does a hazer say to the contestant? I don't even know this part. Is there something that you're like yelling at the time? Like you're yipping with the barrel racing cause you're excited about it. But like, what is, what does the <laughs> hater say? Like, yeah, you're good. Get in there. Go on, go on. Like what, what you're, out, you're out, you're out. You're out, you're out. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I was so experienced. I was just like looking straight ahead, trying not to run him over whenever he got off. You know, but you're supposed to just stay really, really close to the steer so it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It was a good horse. That's all oh, I boy. can say. <laughs> oh boy. But so, it was pretty wild because the kid didn't know that I'd never haze. Like right before we go, he goes, Wait, has she ever hazed before? And the dad's like, Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> I had never done it before, ever. <laughs> classic but what? yeah I'll, i'm like not afraid to do things like that like i'll i'll ride the roller coaster i'll get on the bull or haze the steer like just because keep things interesting it gets boring you got to do something fun did you get on skates with the golden knights thing with clay elliott and scott at that time were you at that were you skating too or was it just those guys and you were on the side i forget now no i produced that feature so i was the one that okay. set that up with the golden knights but i i wasn't in that one because it didn't really need it they had okay. they they ran with it that was cool though wasn't it I thought that was awesome. I was anytime that you get the Canadians drama. on ice. Yeah, that's very cool. I think well, we and should the Golden do Knights one. weren't they? Didn't they make it to the Stanley Cup that year? Well, that yeah, that'd been their, been their first. first that was their first year. Yeah, that was cool. And like I, the Canadians actually thought they were going to be better. They're like, these guys are from Las Vegas. They're not going to be any good. And I was like, uh, a lot of the guys are Canadian. From a lot of the guys Las are Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were like real hockey. The ones that really did that weren't maybe major hockey fans. They didn't get it. The uh, so going back to the to University of Texas, you uh, studied film, 
And then, so I was reading this other piece where you actually met Taylor Sheridan and didn't even realize it was the guy behind Yellowstone. Oh yeah, that's true. That's embarrassing too. Yeah, I met Taylor Sheridan at the Riggin rally, and I can, I I love to say that we met. Now we're best friends. We hang out all the time, and you know, but that's not the case. But uh, I met him at the Riggin rally. And he was so nice, him and his wife. And I just thought, oh, this is a really nice guy that's at the Regan rally. And it was at Steiner's house. Mm-hmm. And it was it was Taylor. It was pretty cool. My mom was there. She goes, you just met Taylor Sheridan. So is everything, that, those, everything that guy does is amazing. Is there, uh, is that, is the film side of things something that you want to get back into though at some point? And like, it's been kind of some of your experience too, wasn't it? Yeah, so I was a film major, and I like worked on a couple films whenever I was in college, but I just haven't really done anything with it in a long time. I haven't really had an interest to do anything with it in a while, just because everything really moved to LA and California, and I kind of decided that wasn't for me. But with everything going on with Taylor and Yellowstone and 1883 and all these like cool Western projects, yeah, I would love to get back into it, but I just feel like I've been out of it for a really long time. But if you, you know, Taylor, if you're watching Cowboy Shit and you want to give me a call, I'm, <laughs> I'm available. Up. Stunt double, you know. Whatever you need. I, I'm an incredible actress. <laughs> I don't actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's very, very cool. And Jeff is really good friends with Taylor. Like Jeff got to go to the Yellowstone premiere last week at Stockyard. Oh, really? They had the premiere for Yellowstone at Stockyard. So cool. That's that? very cool. Really? Very cool. Like they could have done it in LA and they were like, no, why would we do that? They did it at the Stockyards. Going to Fort Worth. Well, the, like the Boss Ranch, like the headquarters just in Fort Weatherford too, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's, it's right. Th- they actually did the premiere at the ISIS theater, which is just right across from Lonesome Dove. And the big party oh, yeah. was at the Dover. And I guess it was really cool. And everybody was there, you know, oh, Kelly man. Riley, all of them. Oh, dang. Even the so. even uh, Kevin Costner, too? The whole crew? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't there. But <laughs> who's yeah. the most who's the most famous person you that you've met or have in your phone? Janie, I'm curious about this now. Oh, is it Corblon? Well, and is it Corblon <laughs> since he was at your wedding? Corblon's definitely on there. Wow. The most famous person I have, I've met. I was in a gondola, a ski gondola with Michael J. Fox for like an hour. Oh, really. a Canadian treasure. Did yeah. you get stuck we in love there? What that happened? Guy. Yeah, it, we got stuck. It was like with a big major gondola and it was my mom and I and Michael J. Fox and I was a kid and I just talked and talked and talked to him because I didn't know who it was because I hadn't seen Back to the Future. But <laughs> no I mean, way. yeah, him, uh, trying to think of any, I think Jeff Metters might be the most famous person I know. Which isn't, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty legendary to me. Butch Knowles. Got a lot of stuff. Knowles, he's a legend. That's huh. Awesome. Maybe Corb. Maybe Corb. <laughs> I mean, I've met other people, you know, I've met like Cody Johnson and Aaron Watson yeah. and all those guys. Ian Munzik. I've interviewed those guys for like Cowboy Channel. So I guess, yeah. I guess that counts. Who, who do you, who do you want to interview in your rodeo and, and, you know, uh, fil- like, I guess, broadcasting career that you haven't yet, who'd be somebody you want to talk to on camera that you might get to this year as kind of a part of a part of something. Would there be somebody or who else would you want to talk to? All time. interview. Who would it be? Well, this is silly, but this was a big one for me. Like I've obviously known Trevor Brazil since I was a little kid, just from, he lived near Canyon for a long time. He went to WT and so like, I've always known him, but I was really sad because I thought when he retired that I would never get to interview him on TV. You know, he's the king of the cowboys i really wanted to get to interview him and then when he kind of came out he didn't come out of retirement when he did the steer tripping 
at Pendleton and the calf roping and got to interview him. And that was like a huge fangirl moment for me. Cause I was like, I, I never thought this would happen. What did you ask I thought, him? I don't know. <laughs> One of the producers, like, we could tell you were really excited in that interview. (laughs) Well, I was. But somebody that I haven't interviewed, I don't know. I'd love to interview Taylor Sheridan. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, me, I love hmm. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be cool. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that'd be very cool. Die hard Clint Eastwood fan. I took a Clint Eastwood class in college. I'm obsessed all of his movies. I love him as a director, as an actor. I think he's a legend. I don't know the guy, but I would love to interview him. I've like read his books. Like I love Clint Eastwood. Oh, that'd be neat. So was- yeah, good one. And he's getting up there. I'm running out of time. Yeah, true. <laughs> Gotta make it happen. He's like I've 90 thought- something. He, yeah. I thought I thought Robert Duvall would be neat too. Talk like mm-hmm. some of the or Tommy Lee Jones, like talk some of the Lonesome Dove stuff from back in the oh. day. I think that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. At Kurt Russell, Tombstone. Yeah, that'd be Sam cool. Elliott. That'd be very cool. Sam the tomb- Tombstone's badass. Yeah. Oh, it's like my favorite. Lonesome Dove too, but it just takes a lot longer to watch. <laughs> it takes, yeah. You gotta saddle up for some tombstone. Um yeah. Janie, I don't I don't wanna I kinda wanna go off the board a little bit here, but what what's your experience been like um on the broadcasting side of things and, and um kind of as a as a woman in the industry, we we need to have, you know, I think we wanna like Kate Harrison did the, did she do the play-by-play at the American this year or mm. last year? Like that was, yeah. that was a cool step. Like I, I, I would love to see that. Cause it's, you know, no offense to Jeff and Butch, but it's been them for the last 25 years, you know, and Cody Snyder, like it's been mostly men on, on a lot of, a lot of that side of things. So talk about that, that side of things for you. That's, that's a deep question, Ted, but I do think <laughs> Kate Harrison getting to do the American and all the PBR team stuff. I mean, how epic is she? She, is like the most impressive woman ever. I have never actually gotten to meet Kate Harrison. So Kate, if you're watching this, once again, we message each other on Instagram. We kind of like have like an Instagram conversation from time to time. I'm a diehard fan of Kate Harrison. I think she's fantastic. And I'm also a huge fan of her because every person that I've ever met that has been around her has nothing but wonderful things to say. Like I've heard she's the nicest, most wonderful person in real life. And, uh, I thought she killed it. I thought she did such a great job. And it was a huge step for women. You know, there's been women in the past that have done that on TV. Like Pam Minnick has done a little bit of that and announced rodeos a little, but it's never really gotten to take off in terms of a major thing, like the American or the PBR teams. Um, I do agree that women don't have to be the only ones on sideline. Like, I think it should be interchangeable. Like if you look at NFL or NBA, like you see a man do sideline interviews all the time. I think it's a little bit old school to say that it always has to be a woman doing the sideline or anything like that. Yeah, it is typically more women, but I feel like in other sports, you see a lot of males do it too. You don't see a lot of women um, commentating like the sport directly, but in other sports, like you see women like hosting, like Samantha Ponder hosts the NFL network Sunday countdown show. And I think she's like, she's like my hero in terms of like sports network people. I think I'd love to be able to see more women host major shows. You know, Western sports roundup is cool, but I'd love to be able to, I don't know, have a show that revolves around pro rodeo that doesn't really matter if it's male or female, but also like rodeo industry is good about things like that too. And in terms of like, I've never felt weird about the male female thing. Like we work with such amazing guys that are so respectful and cool and it's just never been an issue. 
with all of us. But the commentating thing for Kit Harrison was awesome. That was cool. I don't know if I could do it. I think it'd be hard. That's a hard, hard job. <laughs> on the on the PBR side, though, like I'm just thinking about our tour up here. So we've got Scott Byrne does the sideline interviews, and then uh, then we've got Dave Paulson and Brett Gardner as the announcers. But I could see I could see see you uh, in a position where like it was you and Brett talking on the bull riding side of things, and he gets some commentary because you could know the bulls and the riders and have have a specific piece of information on that side of things. Like, I think that could probably work on at least on like, the, just co- the color side of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could absolutely work. You could do either side of it really. Right. Well, I do think it could work. And I'm not even saying for me specifically, like a lot of the greats didn't necessarily play the sport. Right. You have to be able True. to talk to the, it's all, I feel like a lot of the key to doing a good job on that color side is, to have relationships with the riders or the barrel racers or whoever to get their side of the story. And then you just communicate that mm-hmm. that's your job. You're not trying to tell someone they didn't do a good job or they didn't do this right. Or they needed to do this. You're getting their perspective and then reporting that perspective. So I think it's definitely possible. And I think it should be interchangeable. And I, I will say that PBR is kind of ahead of the game in terms of mixing things up. They're kind of always trying new things. And I think that'll happen in, for radio eventually, but you also get in such a good swing of things that sometimes you don't want to move around. <laughs> well, I guess the thing with uh, one of the things on the PBR side is it's a, is that consistent crew everywhere because on the rodeo side, the committees end up doing the hiring for everything. So it would be a totally, there's probably less change implemented on the rodeo side because it's not a, not a top down production plan, I guess. Is what exactly. Exactly. exactly every place is different every single rodeo has a different idea different backdrop it's never the same team you don't hear the people back in the truck like when i go to rodeos for cowboy channel it's it's just me and a cameraman they don't have anybody else with cowboy channel there unless it's calgary but like reno for example it was me and a videographer and that's it And and justin was there for has been there in the past but I don't even hear Justin because I'm in house for interviews. I don't even have ears in. They just take that interview from the feed that goes to the feed. Really? So you're not really working like on a like a broadcast team. You're working in the road in the in the rodeo in the like the in house in house production. Yeah, and you don't even have ears, so they can't even tell you like, "Hey, Jenny, do you have the guy? Are you ready to go?" Like Bob will just be like, "And we're gonna go down to Jenny Johnson with our Kobe Wanchuk," and you gotta hope <laughs> that you're ready basically. Yeah, exactly. And then some rodeos that we weren't in-house, like Pendleton, we weren't in-house for. Oh. I It's just a producer in the studio that'll cue me. I don't hear... Like, we're not working together as a broadcast team. I'm like one-woman show with me. And you just my cut video. in. I just cut in. Yeah. Oh, really? Then they kind of split screen. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we get past that one day i think eventually we're going to get into full broadcast like calgary was obviously a full broadcast with the broadcast team and we're all working together yeah everyone's there for meetings and it's a thing or nfr i'm hoping we get that at cheyenne and reno and these big rodeos but right now we're just making it work and trying to get as many rodeos on tv as possible yeah oh true and it's it's been a huge uh huge boost the last few years and like even up here now we've got the cowboy channel on our part of as part of our cable packages on some of our uh providers so it's huge boost. Yeah. the only problem is that they still make us pay to watch the nfr i think we have to pay for the plus to be able to watch the finals but i actually saw that on a commercial yesterday katie lucas is like hello fellow canadians you have to do this to watch the nfr 
Yeah. <laughs> Got to get another hundred bucks. But uh, anyways, I want to, I want to ask though, Janie, what, what, what else do you want to do in the, in this industry? Where, where do you see yourself uh, fitting in and what, you know, we've got the live broadcast where, you know, you're in where you, you are, where you are right now. What else do you want to do? What else do you want to see in the next, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years? Like what, where do you, what do you want to be in? What do you want to do? In terms of like the industry stuff, like kind of going back to what we just said, I'm just really wanting to see major rodeos on like a full broadcast, full team level production. I feel like we've tapped out on like seeing as many rodeos as possible and everybody wants to see, you know, Arcadia, Florida and these other really cool little small rodeos. Those should be on there, but we need to have like big real production, like TV network quality stuff. Um, I hope we're working towards that. I don't know if it's going to happen during my career span, but there's a lot of things I never thought would happen during my career span that are, that have, I never thought in my career, a lot of things would like that have happened would happen. So things do move fast. There's like this constant shift happening in the Western industry right now. Like, do you guys feel that we're just like everything oh, yeah. is so fast and so much is about to happen that we don't even know. Well, and the That's growth true. side of things too, like you mentioned, like talking about Yellowstone and stuff, like it's, 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 it's becoming pop cool to be Western again. It's kind of like back in, back in the day with like the Marlboro commercials and, all that stuff like people people want to be part of western even like the beyonce and adidas thing like that was super mm-hmm. super cool like there's there's so many things happening that are kind of bringing people back to the western side of things yeah i mean right now i feel like i'm just like sitting back and being like what's gonna happen next mm-hmm. what is cowboy you know cowboy channel hasn't even been around for three years that's crazy to think about everything that's happened in just the three years since it started so I'm like, what could happen there? I don't know. I would like to have time to run barrels and be back with my horses a little bit for me in the future career, but I'm not ready to be out of TV either. I just got to figure out my balance and my role and like what I want to do there. But so much is happening. And for most of it, I feel like I'm just kind of like an observer as things change. Rolling on with it. I, I got to say that I, I was just dreaming up like what it might look like. And I could see you someday if a, uh, if and when uh butch and jeff if somebody retires like i could see you going and being in, the, in one of those places for some of these big shows you could be the host or the color on these big broadcasts for the nfr for like i i could see that at some point that i kind of curious what you think on that side of things too well thank you that's really nice of you to say <laughs> that you that you see me that highly that's beautiful that's so sweet um I don't know. Well, you guys, we talked about this. I'll try anything. If they want me to try it, I'll try it. Text me at round four. Let's go. <laughs> what uh, what event in rodeo have you not tried yet that you want to still try? <laughs> I would love to do like the color on like a like a, some extreme events. I mean, bronco because I've done a lot of bulls. I like to do some more bronc riding. I love the bronc riding. The bronc riding has become my favorite event. I love the bronc riding. It's, it's so, so good. good. Yeah, like between like the the the, the, the CFR, like we had. To, like a few of the like the best nights of bronc riding we've seen in canada and then yeah the nfr i got to sit in the montana silversmith seats last year the nfr with corb and that was that was such a cool vantage point to see the bronc riding from it's it's, it's badass i think so much is going to change with bronc riding in terms of like the extreme bulls and like pbr people love bronc riding because people love horses and it's not quite as violent people like the violence of pbr violence isn't the right word but they like <laughs> that it's like an extreme adrenaline sport you know but bronc riding can be that way too well look at the hard grass and up here in canada so like good. that's they, they've like kind of set the standard of what like uh standalone bronc riding events can be yeah no i agree i would love to have something like that down here in texas maybe one day gotta make it gotta make it happen maybe we'll just make something happen yeah hell yeah um okay 
I think we better I think there was something else out. I was thinking about, but we better tap out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of awesome though. Um, well, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got to finish off with the with the final question that we ask every yeah. guest on Cat Wishes. Oh, Did you say but, you're on the you're on the edge of your seat? Is that what you said? I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This and this is typically is the hardest question of the podcast. Um, Janie, what is your definition of cowboy shit or cowgirl shit? And do you think it should be cowgirl or cowboy? Or is it or is it a gender neutral term? I think it's gender neutral, but I do mm-hmm. like my sweatshirt that says cowgirl shit. Because <laughs> I say that a lot. Like whenever, uh, <laughs> like if I'm doing a bunch of ranching or stuff out at the, like if I'm like off TV and I'm out at the ranch and I've been moving cows or branding, I always say this. Someone's like, what have you done? I'm like, I've been doing cowgirl shit all day. <laughs> uh, so I do think it could, it's gender neutral as cowboy shit though too. Uh it's hard to put into words you guys it's a it's a lifestyle um and i should have i should have cheated and watched other people's answers to this but uh i think cowboy shit is anything that's like tough and cool and just being a cowboy and living the life no matter whether it's rodeo style or out at the ranch or just living the lifestyle doing cowboy shit Something you you're, get you're, you're definitely definitely the embodiment of it being like the willingness to try like everything that's that's super cool like hopping on the bull on the back pens or hazing or everything else that you've done in your career it's definitely you oh, definitely fit the definition of it very cool yeah i thank you i love that that just gave me a little boost i needed that right <laughs> i i remembered what i was thinking about i kind of blanked out for a sec janie but what has your experience been interviewing your uh your husband jake Oh, a lot of people give me so much, so much heck about that. Um, like I got to interview him at Salinas this year and it was really funny because normally like if somebody wins the performance, like they kind of hang around cause they kind of know the guy had to go find him cause he was gone. I was like, <laughs> Hey, and he was with all of his friends. I was like, Hey, I think you're my interview. And he was like, what do I have to? And I was like, yeah, you do. You have to. He's not as a Jake is like fun and outgoing as he is. He's not really like an attention kind of person. Like that's just not like his thing. But I like to keep it really professional and people really think that like we don't like each other on TV because I (laughs) interview him like I interview anybody else. Like I do not say like, oh, look, yay, give him a hug. Like you should have kissed him. I'm like, absolutely not. No way. I keep it professional and then I'll hug him after. But it's like, mm mm-mm straight and straight we're going to talk about the horse i'm going to use my insider information to come up with a really good question but that's about it but it's been fun so you so you may or may not have been more excited to interview trevor brazil so (laughs) (laughs) i don't like to interview jay because i don't like to be biased like even ever when he won like the circuit finals and stuff like we had to bring him on skype and steve was like you want to do it i'm like absolutely not steve you do it because i don't want it to be like a part of my my thing. I don't, I'm not biased, hard, even though eh? I am in my personal life. My stage name, Janie Johnson, is unbiased. Yeah, that would that have been tough. Must have been tough for like uh, for was it, it was Jennifer Smith when Strand was was at the finals too, right? Would that have been tricky for her for a long time too? Would it have been? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure because you can't. I mean, she was so excited when he won the world. I mean, how could you not be? I don't know. I hope that I have that problem one day. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay, Janie, but uh, well, sorry, go ahead. Stop. No, okay. no, you're good. But yeah, no, it'd be, it, it's cool. And Jake doesn't care because he doesn't want me to, he's not like a, you know, big PDA kind of person. He just is like, let's get this over with and then go eat. 
Well, and we didn't really talk about the Corb thing. Corb's been on our show a lot of times. We're going to see him in Vegas. He's got a couple shows. We'll see down there as well. But like, uh, he came. He ended up at your wedding at your guys at your at your after party. We got to talk about that just a little bit. It was epic. Uh, Jake and Corb are really good buddies, and Jake always kind of told me that they were buddies, but I never really, you know, I was like, sure, sure you are, Jake. I'm sure you're friends <laughs> with him. And then I got an RSVP that like Corb was coming to the wedding, and I was like, no way. I'm like, he's not going to come. There's no way. And he did. And it was so cool. And my mom is like his biggest fan. So she ran over to him and was like, will you play a song? And he played a whole set after the wedding. And gosh, that guy, like you think that he's cool when you see him. But whenever like every element I've ever been around him, he is so nice. He's so cool. He's full on cowboy shit like all the time. And I'm huge. Like I'm his number one fan now, but he's a good guy. He's a good person. And his music is the best. I mean, I tell everybody about Corb now. What's your favorite Corb song? Cows Around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he played that one in, at the wedding, at the wedding, because it's my mom's favorite too. He's like, I'd like to dedicate this song to Janie's mom. My mom just got <laughs> passed out. And then he played Cows Around. <laughs> oh, boy. That <laughs> it was, was so, so fun. funny. He would he would have just had the most fun time too with all the bronc riders. Like he's a big bronc riding fan, yeah. As well, and his you know his uncle uh, Lynn Jensen was a bareback yeah. rider, Canadian champion back in the day, and and he would have yeah, Corb would have loved that. But it was so much fun. The videos, yeah. Really good time. You guys had a teepee, a teepee party, the party was, teepee, party teepee, yeah. Quick yeah, it's the perfect setting for Corb. It was really yeah. was Robbie Hodges. The the best thing about Corb too is like obviously he's a legend, but he also let all the random drunk cowboys play with him. You know, like Robbie Hodges. We know Robbie Hodges, the oh, yeah. rodeo clown. Oh, yeah. He played with Corb. It was his equipment, and he's actually Robbie Hodges is actually pretty talented. Unbelievable and like guitar Preston player. Burr, you know Preston Burr got to play with him, and is like Corb was just cool with whatever. Oh man, that's awesome. So much he fun. also did get up on stage and sing Emerald by Morning during the wedding, though. Oh, really? Well, he does a good version of that song. So good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. Well, I think congrat- Eddie is pretty good. Congratulations, too, by the way, Janie, if we didn't say it yet. Congrats. No, <laughs> and uh, have a great time at the finals. Thanks for spending the time with us, and we'll uh, we'll see you down there. Thanks a lot for doing this, though. We appreciate it a lot. We'll see you guys in Vegas. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Ted and Lacey. Appreciate Double you guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Janie. It's the finals, the NFR, the series of the sport. Hey, rookie, can you take ten head? Have you got the heart? You think you're a tough cowboy? We'll find out in the end when that final whistle blows and the stock's all in. Thanks one more time to Janie Johnson for joining us and giving us her insights, telling us her story, and uh, just for the visit. That was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy Janie and glad she... Took the time the day after Thanksgiving to uh, have a chat. It was very cool, man. She's very knowledgeable and very well spoken. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was cool to cool to catch up with her and excited to see her work this upcoming week in Vegas. Well, I guess we don't even get to really see her work, honestly. We we'll get to hear her work, though. True. True. And it's on TV, so it's visual. So take that, Ted. True. Take that, Ted. True. That's kind of funny, though. Like. I know we talked about it, but like I don't, I didn't even have the Cowboy Channel on my TV until October. I, yeah, no, I. You don't, you're not even a subscriber. You did bring up a grant. My parents are like they love the Cowboy Channel. It is kind of shoddy that the Canadians have to pay the extra to to, yeah. uh, to watch it And you want yeah. to have it. It's kind of like ha- us having to get pay to watch fucking Yellowstone this year. Yeah, horseshit. Shitty deal. Paramount. Damn you, Paramount. Horseshit. And uh, you know what else? I actually did tweet about that. 
The other thing I was going to say is that... Uh, um, oh, fucking then I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I do I do want to say, okay, one thing. We, we, we watched the latest episode of Yellowstone last night, so spoiler alert if you haven't watched it season, yet. But it's no, also Wednesday. Five, the show's four. been up for four days by this point, so if you haven't watched it yet, then you suck. You're behind. Um, or, or you're just waiting... Not that you suck, but you're just waiting till no, it's all out, and then you're gonna use a free trial to watch all all the Lame whole season ass. in a week. Anyways, what's well, not just like hey, it's just I want to I wanted to comment on the branding scene from last night. I thought that was very cool. It was very well done and authentic, and you don't really that's probably the first time that a branding scene has been shown in the mainstream TV ever before. I thought that was really cool. Like they showed everything from like the actual branding. Of the calves to like cutting their nuts out and yeah. like gathering them up and on TV. roping and like it was it was very very well done and it's cool to see like some of the actors like straight up doing it yeah yeah they I think looked like they legit did it yeah it was sweet man I, yeah. I that was one of the I, 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 like one of the slower scenes but like one of the more like impactful scenes like for like Western lifestyle and stuff that I've seen on the show like similar to when they brought in the the raining cow horse stuff and all and the cutting like. And they were that's, doing the stopping. Yeah, and they were doing all that stuff. It's like they've never that's never been on a mainstream TV show where millions of people are tuning into every Sunday night to watch. I thought it's really cool to see that stuff. And and being represented well too. It's not just like a bunch of Yeah, it's not it's not like yeah, the branding side of things they showed kind of the whole process and it was like it was authentic, which is which is really cool. Uh, and uh I would have liked to see Rip like Cole Hauser bring one into the fire. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been kinda cool to but see. But he had that. the he had the big man job of branding, so that's a true that's a lot of respect big deal. involved with that job. So uh, very cool. I'm curious to see what the Yellowstone branding is like because they said that's going to be the next, next week. week. So that might be interesting too. Yeah, I remember the Lots one. That, I remember the first on. time because the first time they showed branding in the show, it was kind of shoddy because like it was in a, they were branding in the rain. It was like a muddy pan. It just wasn't really like nobody. If anybody's ever been to a branding or has cows, you know that you're not branding in that type of weather. No, you put it. But you push it back till the you next. You push day, it back till it's sunny out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the cool to see them kind of like rectify Redeem that in themselves? a sense is like yeah just, and like do it the right way it w- it's really cool so hopefully they continue on that trend um i do got to say too one th- one of the things i like as far as far as the like i don't know if you got like filmography or like the way that the show runs yeah i like that they make a scene and put the one song through the whole yeah, scene and sweet. play the whole song hell yeah i don't like i might just be noticing now because it's country and western music and i'm wondering when our friend Cor Blund is going to get a song on the on the show there was something we were talking about, and he's like, "Yeah, I want. I just need to get a show on a uh, song." And on the Yellowstone. perfect song for your Yellowstone episode but would be like "Truth Comes Out." It would be that'd be neat. But but uh, apparently, and I don't know if this is true. I don't know. I hope it's just a rumor. But apparently, somebody said that Taylor Sheridan doesn't like Canadians. So I hope that's false. Really? Oh man, I hope that's we false. Have to, and not we got to get him on the show to discuss this rumor. Yeah. But we got to bust some myths. Got to bust that myth. So. Yeah. Uh, so, sh- anyways, kudos I hope to Yellowstone. That's the case. For he, good, apparently, uh, he thought Coulter Wall wasn't Canadian. That's why he got a song on oh the show. Oh, shit. But I don't know. That's just hearsay. Some hot goss. Cannot con- we'll get to the bottom of it, deny though. These statements. That's our goal for the, for the upcoming season of Cowboy Shit is to come up with whether that's fact or fiction that Taylor Sheridan, in fact, does not like Canadians. But in saying that, shout out to the Yellowstone crew for an, a, an awesome episode. The, and, like, the song they use, Zach Bryan. Well, documented that I'm a big Zach Bryan, Bryan fan, so I was stoked about that. Very cool. Very cool. We're also we're recording this podcast from the road, another roadcast, and we're we're getting passed by some by some semis right now. And so it's Ted's Ted's kind of focusing on the road as we go on. But we are just went through Dillon, Montana, heading south to Idaho Falls on going our way to Vegas, hill. going on another hill, up another hill, up another hill. 
The and roads uh, have been kind of sketchy for the most part of the drive this times. morning, but they're kind of getting, getting better. nice for a while. But it's never a fun time when you're getting passed by a semi going 75 mile an hour when it's kind of not nice out. So And, uh, Waze, we got to talk about our friends from Range Fuel, man. I wish that I had a stick of Range Fuel right um, now. We're, we're, we're kind of in that weird, those weird hours between uh, breakfast and lunch where it's like you could either buckle up and have lunch or you could just have a snack to kind of tide you over. And we are in the, the point of needing a snack. And our friends from Rangefield, they have knocked it out of the park with their their snack, you want to call it, whatever. It's it's 100% grass-fed beef, um, comes in a stick form. I I don't know what Ted's – Ted's making me some weird hand gestures towards me. I was wondering it's GMO-free. Where are our, where our it's, it's all na- for Rangefield? All work. natural ingredients. Um, made in Alberta. It's all 100% Alberta beef. Uh, very good stuff. Sweetened with real honey. Sweetened with real honey. So, I mean, if you're looking for – a snack, and you're one of those folks who's a bit conscious about what you put in your body. Range Fuel is what you want to have. They have a ton of retail locations and kind of in and around southern Alberta. You can order from them online. Right now, it's only available in Alberta just due to some federal regulations, but um, Canada wide and, and being able to ship is on the horizon. So, so we had it even before the border yesterday. Yeah, check out check out our friends at rangefuel.com. Rangefieldjerky.com. Rangefieldjerky.com, and they'll get you fixed up. Or on the social medias. Social medias at Rangefueljerky. Is that the same, same yeah. handle? Yeah. Exactly. So Rangefueljerky. And uh, thanks to our friends Kyle Wilson, Tyler Thompson. Yeah. Uh, for recommending. Tyler, for recommending. I, know, I can't wait, get to, wait to get back to Alberta and get more range fuel. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Be sweet. Right but in time for your birthday, for the birthday pod. Birthday range fuel, baby. Uh, wait, so we got a couple other things. Let's get yeah. One thing this, I really uh, wanted to get, one thing I really wanted to get to was recently there was an article floating around for the Calgary Herald, Calgary Sun as well. That I'll read the headline here just so everybody can get a gist of where it's going. Um, Chamber says Calgary needs a rebrand to attract workers and reflect diversity. And then the subtitle is: Many people think the city is still dominated by corporate and cowboy culture, and it's difficult to fit in if you do not identify with either of those segments. So that was put out earlier last week, and. I don't know. It's, uh, it's something that kind of didn't sit well with me just because I think that's, that's kind of the wrong, the wrong direction. If, if you're, you're Calgary, I know like we were talking before we started recording here, like over the past few years, Calgary has been rated like one of the best places to live in the world. Number one place to live in the, in Canada, but it's also yeah, top three in the world. So I mean like, yeah, it can't be that bad. And look at another thing to look at too, is the, the tech boom that's happening in Alberta. Like Calgary's becoming up like the tech hub for Canada with all look the, our friend Hafiz. Yeah, exactly. There's so many there's so many things happening in Calgary and I think part of that um what the culture is in Calgary now is what attracts people to it, you know. It's it's, it's like a it's a good place to live, down home people. Kind of has a small town vibe in the big city which you don't get in the Toronto's and Vancouver's of the world. So And and with the way that things are going and I mean, the person in charge like this Deborah Yedlin is a, you know, super, I don't know, liberal kind of lady it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know why in the heck you'd want to get away from the stampede and the western way of life and you know the yellowstone trend when it's going the right direction right and you want to get away from that yeah what the fuck are you thinking yeah you have an event the size the of the olympics every year in your town that brings millions of dollars to your city and millions and of the people tu- the, boot, the tourism boost the tu- like, like oh and, man it's and you want to change that yeah why it doesn't, doesn't make any sense anyone people would i don't know um i mean but then the other side of it is that, like, I don't know how many cities would try and put something together like the Stampede no. to have that kind of an event and no. have that boom to your city and have that mm-hmm. identity and have that many volunteers, like 20, what, 700 volunteers oh, are it's part crazy. of that event. It's like a community event. Like, there's nothing else in Canada 
That's anywhere close, no, is there? No, no. I wouldn't say that. Like, the I Great Cup travels, but it's not the same, same scale. magnitude, I don't no, think. No, like it's the length of broadcast. time, too, right? Like for, But it's for, like, what? For, like, the Great Cup Festival, they're trying to make it a bit bigger, and they're working on that. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else. But, like but the, the, the in Vancouver they, would be kind of, but it's not world-renowned. Like, people think of rodeo, and they think of the Calgary Stampede. Well, then they think of they think of Canada and Alberta, and they think of the Calgary Stampede, too, right? Yeah. Like, that, it's a... It's a like you said, a world-renowned thing, and that they. What else do people come to Canada for? Right, you know, on the event side of things, besides the Olympics that are, are, that that won't come back until we have a mayor and city count like city council in place that actually thinks it's good for yeah. the city. But in saying that, the <laughs> the current mayor decided to uh, change the deal for the arena, and if you really want to get down to why people don't want to come to Calgary and might not want to do business here, is because the current governance is making it nearly impossible and the cost of living is making it nearly impossible if you would have a little bit of sense that way to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. attract business and hold your deals like actually uh what am i trying to say like actually be accountable and actually like when you're the w- back in the the heart of the new west days a handshake a handshake actually meant something mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. could make a deal like that and now they have something on paper and they can't even make a deal on an arena yeah so or hold their word so until that changes i don't care what marketing you're gonna do to attract people if the people you're trying to do business here with here aren't um trustworthy and aren't gonna try the right way yeah. then that's that's good enough marketing to drive people away so yeah well, i just i just don't think rebranding what calgary is is, is no. gonna change that landscape i think i think that's gonna hurt it overall more than anything right like it just it just it's just tough to see especially because i mean we're looking through the lens of being ingrained on the other side of it, working in, in Western and growing up in Western and stuff. But you can just see, see what like Calgary's been one of the booming cities coming out of the pandemic, and it's it's kind of went hand in hand with with like, like you said the Yellowstone popularity and like Western is cool again, right? So I don't know, lean I don't know why, it. yeah, I don't know why, yeah, exactly. Lean into it. That's that's kind of the direction we need to go with. People it. still want to be cowboys. I don't think it. I, I mean, like a lot of people still want to be cowboys, and the, and it's a neat, and we have it's a neat way of life unique way of life and something steeped in tradition where i don't know why people want to get away from it when it's our it's our alberta history it's yeah. what the country and what the province was built on and i don't know why to try and cover up and get away from that um and it's just so I mean, sad i think so we need sad. to lean into it and promote it more and get more people yeah. into our way of life it's sad to see so many folks it. in calgary like wanting to push it away or push it like even regards to stampede it's just like we should be embraced like the city does it does a really good job of embracing it but there's so many people who like knock not it necessarily and, like, maybe the not, not as good not as exactly i think there's but the, i think we need to do more to like be proud of that part of it i think that's it's something to be proud of yeah. what it's done and like what it does for the like you said what it does for the city with like the tourism it brings in the amount of revenue for the city the scale of the event what it does for anything, right? Yeah. Like it, it does. Like every- to the indigenous. Yeah, there's there's well. so many positive things that happen within Calgary because of the Stampede, and there's so many people out there who still like knock it and don't want it or want to push it away. I just don't want don't understand like, that part. I of guess it. it goes back to, you know, I I, I think I've knocked Hunter Ryan Singh on his calls in the hockey games, but one of the coolest things I ever saw was when he called a chuck wagon race. Yeah, in in his uh, native language, like that was, that's a crossover where I think more of that needs to happen for sure. And I'd love to see see more of those thing, sort of things happen so we need to need to find i think yeah, like, i way. think the 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 thing the fact of the matter is we need to lean into that more the more so than kind of yeah. try and get rid of it so so anybody i mean <laughs> people listening to this aren't gonna um disagree well they, yeah sense i for the most part i would imagine but any ideas anything we can do for reaching out or if anybody has anybody that wants to reach out like somebody sent us a message and asked about 
bull riding school and we offered to like help them out and then they ghosted us but like anybody that would want to try it out like i you know or you just want to go watch a rodeo or like get involved or whatever like yeah we're we're open books that way so hit us up what else you got waste um i think we need to to touch on the fact that we are heading to las vegas nevada for the rango national finals rodeo and for the first time ever cowboy shit will be having a booth there slinging our cowboy shit gear for 10 11 days at the rio country christmas that's in country christmas booth 721 we'll be there we have pretty much every single thing that we offer under the sun We'll have some show deals. We'll be hanging out. We'll be doing some podcasts. We'll do some content. If you want to do a TikTok, come hit us up. And just like our friend uh, JB Mooney, we like cash. So, <laughs> yeah, we we'll do make like some cash. Horse trades. If you got something that you think you might want, come by. We'll we're trade open to bartering. It. Yeah, we're open to bartering. Open to trades. Like, not gonna lie, um, I could use a, a pair of black boots. So if you had any, if you're a boot company <laughs> and you want some cowboy shit, we'll trade you. We'll trade some boots. Macy, <laughs> what are you size uh, nine? Um, size nine, double E. Yeah. So come by. We'll do some trades. Uh, yeah, it's going to be sweet. I'm looking forward to it. I got one more thing, Ted. We, we, you kind of posed a question to us as we were driving yeah. down, but what's kind of a few things you're looking most forward to um, this year in Vegas? Well, like we said on the top, excited about George Strait with Corb and yourself and Storm. Um, one of the unofficial cowboy shit Christmas parties for this year will be there. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get some food before, but. Or some after, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's going to be fun. Going to my first UFC fight. So I'm trying to kind of like knocking off some of the big sports for the year. I think we will have gone to, we were at NBA in January. Football. We were at football, uh, like been to a couple NFL games. We went to an MLB, MLB game yeah, too. Yeah, Major League Baseball, NHL of course, uh, NASCAR, and now UFC. So the only one, like major one I'm missing, which is on a World Cup year, is soccer, but... I don't know how interested I would be in the soccer side of things. I'd love to go to a soccer game, but I want to go. go I want to go in Europe, though. Yeah, so maybe we'll do that when we go to like the Davos thing, like that. London. That's not. It won't be that time of year, anyways. But yeah, looking forward to all that. Looking forward to golfing down there. I'm going to go to the uh, Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame golf tournament with the Montana Silversmiths team. Really looking forward to that one. Maybe Ted's been taking lessons, so he's going to be dialed. I'm well. I'm just less shitty now at golf. (laughs) Uh, Same golf coach as my. brother from another mother Cade Johansson uh he uh took lessons from the same guy actually damn and he was talking to me he's like holy shit you really got Ted straightened out Paul was like yep getting uh, <laughs> getting him in better shape hell yeah brother so yeah I'm looking forward to all that ways you said uh we're doing most of the things you wanted to do yeah I'm, I'm looking for like my mom and dad are coming down the first weekend so hanging out with them will be pretty cool um obviously George Strait be, like that's a bucket list thing for me so very cool to knock that off it's a bucket list thing for Corb <laughs> So he said yeah, too. so it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm stoked about that. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the booth. I think that's going to be really fun. Get to see some folks and, and all that kind of thing. Like we talked before, the amount of people we get to run in, into to Vegas who we only get to see once time once time a year is very neat. Um, looking forward. To, also, I'm looking forward to showing Jen around Vegas. It's been a really cool year for her, being able to share all this cool stuff we get to do on this end of things. So, are you looking going forward to, to getting a pack of prime time? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to some walking degenerate down the shit in Vegas too. So. <laughs> That'll be good. But, yeah, it'll be good. I'm stoked for it. See oh Turnpike boy. Troubadours later in the week, which will be really cool. That I've been trying to get to see them for a Oh, yeah. Kind of came back. Go to so. one cor- couple, of, maybe one or two Corp go shows. Go some Corp well. shows. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun, man. Get to, these, get to see our buddies from Wrangler. So, yeah. Lots to look forward to, and I can't wait to see how fun. it all goes. It's going to be fun. Okay, man. Well, can't wait till this 10-hour and 38-minute drive is over. <laughs> That's just what we have left. <laughs> We're almost halfway. 
Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to our editor, Sean Morton. Hope uh, I don't even know who won in uh, Dawson and Lloyd, actually. I'm sorry to... Griffin Smelter. Yeah. And I can't remember who won Lloyd. Uh, somebody from Montana. Yes. Yeah. Forget what the name is now. But anyways, glad to see those events. 2023 season is a kicked off. Uh, PBR's UTB season is kicked off as well. But uh, yeah, we're going to Vegas. And we'll Las see Vegas, baby. Thanks to Sean. Storm on the graphics. Janie Johnson for being on the show this week. My co-host, Wacey Anderson. And always, thanks for listening. You can find us on uh, on the line, cowboyshit.ca, cowboyshitusa.com. If you're trying to find us in Vegas, one more thing. Sorry, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Um, shoot us a message and we'll, we'll give you directions where to find us or yeah. whatever. We'll get we'll you fixed up. And on the online orders, uh, we're going to ship out what we can uh, while we're away. But uh, if not, we'll get it sent out as soon as we get home. So Be patient, please. Pardon? Be patient, please. Yeah. So thank <laughs> you for everybody for understanding, but we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. The way the grass smells at night and you got flames all in your eyes. They reflect the sparkler and you say we'll never die. Grab me by the hands just as calloused as I am. Say you're proud. Well, it's blue jeans in the driveway And you're walking inside sideways The wine always affects you In beautiful, kind ways Ask me if I'm staying And I say that I'm sleeping on the floor Won't you tell me that you need me Cause lately I've been needing Someone to remind me Worth more than just an evening I woke to kitchen smoke You dancing like God's moving you before Look at all I'll do